sandwiches, ice cream, coffee and snacks, and many other pleasing treats. Our foods are fresh and tasty, our drinks satisfying and refreshing. They're so good. Welcome to Average Joe's Drive-In. And now, on with the show.
episode 115 of Average Joe's Drive-In, you just heard the sexy, soothing sounds of Holy Phil. Wrath of the Tempestari, all from... Holy crap, I'm having a brain cramp. <laughs> Enter the realm. Of... Enter the realm of eternal dark nursery. <laughs> this wow, guy. I can't believe I fucking forgot that. So, the voice you're hearing with me this week, this is a long time coming, man. Like, this dude was my neighbor for, like, two years. No. Kept being like, Justin, dude, you gotta come over and do a podcast. I'll come over, I'll come over. Never fucking see the guy. <laughs> then I stopped doing my podcast for a while. But finally, we get him in, you know, the, the low-end master of Holyfield. Jeez. Fellow horror nerd, just good dude. My buddy Justin Ann. Hi. Give it up. How's it going? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, man. I'm, I'm psyched to finally get you on the show, man. I'm, it's, uh, I'm psyched to be here. It was know. one of those things, like, it's been a weird month. Like, I didn't really schedule any guests this month, and that was partially my own fault. <laughs> Because there's just there was a lot going on in my brain was other places and uh, I was supposed to have a guest on last week and another musician Christopher Brown from the uh, band Stillborn Condition yeah, guitar player. those guys rule great man yeah, yeah. great dudes too they're all really really good guys uh, I was gonna have them on but it's kind of scheduling things something popped up we couldn't do it so Chris is gonna be on in November. And then you messaged me, and we're yeah. like, hey, dude, i got to come and do your podcast sometimes. I was like, awesome, this works out great. It's going to be... So this month, um, you guys are going to get, well, technically, no episodes in September, but you're going to get, like, six episodes in October because it is Horror Month, and uh, Dan Fleming will be on Thursday. So Friday, you guys are going to get a double episode drop. You're going to get this episode and the one with Dan, and then I think Dan's going to be on pretty much every week through the month of October. So. Dan's the man. He's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. Justin knows Dan very well from the Bull Moose days. Oh, geez. Yeah. Yeah, no. Right. <laughs> <laughs> way way back in the Bull Moose days. So, I haven't really seen you forever, dude, you know? So, catch me up on what has been going on in, in COVID quarantine apocalypse world. I, <laughs> oh, man. Jeez. I've been working more than I've ever worked in my life. Which is, I'm thankful for, it's like a double-edged sword, you know? I'm, I'm glad that I'm working, but also I, I wish I had some <laughs> some free time, you know? Yeah. But no, yeah, I, I got a kid, you know, we, I'm working, we're, we're, we're chipping away at Holy Filth when we have the time, you know? It's just kind of, I don't know, it's like, it's like Groundhog Day, dude. Every day I wake up, I go to work, I go home, go home, go to sleep, and wake up and do it again, so... Yeah, it's, it's, it's a weird time, man. It really is. Like, I was uh, I was laid off for like three and a half months, and this is the first time in my entire life that I had more than two weeks off. Yeah. So it was really, really weird for me to have all that time off. And man, I was like, I'm going to get all this shit done. I'm going to start working on some new, I have all these short stories that I need to finish up and edit. I've got enough to put out a whole new book, you know, there's that many. And, uh, yeah, I didn't have any, like, creatively, that was one of the worst creative periods I have ever had. I didn't write, for me, and the thing is, like, me, I write two to three sets of lyrics a week, usually, at least. Mm. I'm, you know, always doing something creative, and I didn't do jack shit that whole time. Like, I went three months not writing any lyrics. I hardly did anything on book stuff. You know, I was like, yeah. man, I played Fallout. 
Yeah. I watch movies, and that was, and I watched more TV shows than I have ever watched. Oh yeah, in my life because I'm not yeah. a big TV guy. Yeah. But I rewatched all twenty something seasons of South Park. Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> um, Dedicated. I have nothing to do. You can't go anywhere. It's you know everybody. Well, yeah. Out. It's it, you. You want to? You get that free time, and then it's kind of like it, it's not even really. You know, it's it's an illusion. Because you, you can't really do anything but sit in your house, so... And even know. now, it's still kind of... It's, you know, not as bad, but it's still kind of weird, like... Oh, yeah. We went to, uh... For those of you who don't know, I live pretty much in the center of the state of Maine. And so, my lady and I and her daughter went up north to Holton just to go for a ride. And it's like, we're basically just going for a ride because... What are we going to do when <laughs> there's we're nothing up there? O- there's nothing open. There's nothing open. Or, you know, everything <laughs> is so weird. So, like, we went to Martin's and had McDonald's and drove home. And, but it was nice just to go do something, you know? That was the... Yeah, I think the last time I went to Holton, all I did was go to Pizza Hut, dude, and it was depressing. Yeah. It was the most depressing Pizza Hut I've ever been to in my life. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, uh, the, the Burger King was closed up there. Oh, man. Else. It's like, <laughs> man, this, is, this makes me sad, you know? This is... Uh, because I love Holton. Holton was always like one of my favorite places to play shows. So, mm. our Holton Oldfield yeah. area. I mean, we used to like get two, three hundred kids out to shows up That's there. That's crazy, man. And they would buy every stitch of merch you had. Yep. You know? yeah. And it was just like they were very loyal. They would, those, a lot of those kids used to come down to the 103 in Ushuaia's and see us play down there whenever yeah. we'd play. You know, they'd make the trip. It's like, that's a two and a half hour, two, two and a half hour drive. Well, you got you nothing know? going on up there i i remember playing a show in presque isle with my first band and it was up at umpy and uh, played, yeah, yeah there was a there was a shit ton of people and i was like this, this is weird like <laughs> the best circle fit we ever had at a show was at umpy because we played in the cafeteria yeah and we had we had an all-girl circle fit going on and there were so many people going, you could feel the wind of the people going around in a circle <laughs> while I'm standing up, but there was like a little riser and I'm standing up there and it's just like, holy shit, this is awesome. You know? Yeah, no, it was, it was pretty rad. I remember I was, we were playing and I was looking out and some kid did a backflip and I was like, did that kid just do a backflip? <laughs> that is, it was random. It was, it was cool. Like we, we opened the show and they, they paid us like, we got like 200 bucks and yeah, like, and there was I catering think, I, and like, I think we got like a hundred dollars, which at that time was like, dude, that re- paid for our gas, yeah, I know. gas to get up there. And it was, uh, yeah, I'm trying to remember the dude's name that used to put on those shows. Uh, his name was Ryan, Ryan Sprague, perhaps. Mm, it's not the guy that put it on for us. The guy that put it on for us was this dude named Steven Archer. No, that wasn't the same guy. But there was a guy that was in a band up there that put it on when we played up yeah. there. And he, I want to say his name was Ryan Sprague. Hmm. I don't think <laughs> I ever met him. No, the guy that put it on for us, we, we eventually, like, had this weird... <laughs> so we played the show at the Keith Anderson. Because the, the, the dude was in this band called Abracadaver. I remember those guys. Yeah. yeah and Not well, but I remember the names. Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, they kind of, like, you know, they had big aspirations for a small band. So, they, they had brought us up there, and they wanted to come play down here. So, we set them up with Joanne, and had a show at Keith Anderson. We played them, and they set off the fire alarm with a fog machine. 
Because they like every other. You know, at Keith Anderson, you set up on the floor. You don't ever set up on stage. No, no, it no, never no. happens. You know, usually there's like usually <clears throat> a few times I've ever played there. There's like was like Punk Fest or whatever, and there's like eight bands going. So you know, there's always yeah. bands side by side. Oh yeah, just up yeah. on the floor yeah. next to the windows. And so these dudes set up on the stage, and they had the curtain drawn the whole time. So they were making a, like an elaborate fair, which. It's cool if that's what you want to do, but they had this fog machine running the whole time, oh, so it was no. just trapped back there. And they, I remember they opened it up, and there were probably like 10 people standing there, and all this fog was just like, and the fire alarms came oh, on, no. and the fire department came. And one of our buddies was, he said something, something about him online, and they took it as us saying it, so they were just like hell bent on like trying to destroy those do your worst our, my first hardcore band with it, ethan was in it oh, they yeah, were just yeah. like shit talking us mercilessly on the internet for and it was like the funniest thing i've ever that one of the dudes said he was gonna kill us with a sword like it was just really like i dude they were weird man it was a very bizarre time i don't know it was very strange Dude, you know, every once in a while you run into that band that's just jaded is oh, yeah. about something. Yeah, no. I I've run into it. I when I used to book show, I used to get that once in a while when I used to book shows all the time. You know, I can't even remember the name of the band. I wouldn't say the name. Yeah, anyway, no, yeah. But yeah. you know, I can't remember the name of the band. But I booked them, and I'm like, you know, this is the deal with this place. This is how it works. You may not agree with it, but this is how it works. Yeah. You know, until you prove that you can bring people in, you got to sell pre-sell tickets. But I was never one of those guys that like you got to sell fifty tickets. No, if you yeah. don't, you're paying for it. It was always like, dude, sell as many as you can. You're going to get a cut of every ticket you sell. Everybody's going to get some money. This is how it is. And they just like yeah. talk shit. You know, they're like, oh yeah, yeah, no problem, no problem. So they show up the day of the show, and they were like well, we couldn't sell any tickets. And I'm like, all right. I was like, well, okay, you know, whatever. And uh, I let them play the show, whatever. Yeah. And uh, then they're like, well, are we getting paid? I was like, no, I told you right up front in your thing. Well, nobody told us that. I said, who was I talking to online? <laughs> who was I talking to online? Well, my singer, he never told us that. I said, that's not my problem. Take that up with your singer. Yep. Well, fucking fuck you guys. Fuck this. You pay to play. I was like, no, this isn't pay to pay play. There is a difference between selling tickets and you, me going, give me $150. Oh, totally different. Yeah, yeah. Very different things. Yeah. And I was always fair about it. And then they have the audacity to ask me to come back and play another show. And I'm just like, no, nah, dude, I'm no. cool, sorry. <laughs> and then like five seconds later, it's like, hey, anybody want to play the show? I think they might have got the hit out of Yeah, no, so, yeah. Yeah, you, you, you run into bands. And it's not so much now. It's not as bad as it used to be, you know. There are definitely like... You you run into those people every once in a while that just kind of need a reality check, but everyone now is like pretty pretty cool, you know. Like we, we have a pretty tight knit scene for yeah. You know, it it was a little divided for a while, but you like it. it, it there's ebbs and flows. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah. always been. I mean, I'm. I mean, I've been, <laughs> I'm, I'm dating myself here, but you know, it's like I've been I've been playing out in bands now for sixteen years. Not mm. leave, even though I did take a break, but, uh, you know, there's always been that. You kind of have those sections where you'll get a few bands that don't like these certain bands. I know. Or, was... You play at this club, and we play at this club, so fuck you, and yada, yada. You know how it goes. <laughs> it was, it was, especially when there was a lot of venues around, that oh, stuff yeah. used to happen yeah, a yeah. lot. 
And it was like, dude, I never understood that. It's like, no, I don't never. I don't. Dude, we'll it. come to your shows. You come to our shows. Let's. I used to go to like every show that I could go to when I was younger and had free time and money to actually go do things. Oh, same. Yeah. You know, I used to go to every show I could. It didn't matter where it was. But then there was those certain people who just like, I ain't fucking going there. I'm fucking, uh, you know. Yeah, no. It's like, I never, never understood it. That's like one thing when, when we started out with Holy Filth, we were just like, you know what? We're so weird already that I feel like there's really, we can play with anyone, you know? We, and we've played with so many, like, different bands at different places. And, like, we may not always fit, but we, like... You make you make the effort, you know. Like it's just like, it was... well, no, and that's the great thing, dude. My most, a lot of my favorite shows, especially in tomorrow's tragedy, was like it was like us, Soundbender, Too Late the Hero, yeah, and like Red Cloud Revival yeah. on a show. It's like, dude, that's a weird lineup. None mm-hmm. of those bands sound anything like each other, you know. But those shows were so much fun. We used to do a lot of dude, shows yeah. like that where it was like. There was a lot of shows where we had buddies that were in, like, rock bands, basically, playing with an all-metal lineup, or vice versa, like, we'd be the only metal band on yeah, a yeah. all-rock show lineup, like, I mean, we played some shows after the Asylum that were kind of weird, you know, uh, it was like, <laughs> Amy and Soundbender and Propel, and then yeah. us, yeah. you know, it was just like, definitely the odd duck on the bill, you know, yeah. and vice versa. We've been there, you know, yeah, it's, yeah. and I remember those Jam Spot shows, too, were so, like, when... The, the jam spot those those are golden that, that was like sort of the end of like the you know like just crazy do-it-yourself like <laughs> venues but it, we we played a lot of shows there we played pop punk bands we played with like jam bands we played uh too late game played with us one time uh you know it, it was it was just like free for all if you want to play like here, just sure. find four bands, put them on, like, throw, it's like, it doesn't matter who they are, you know, but, yeah, we, we always, like, we, we just were like, you know, we're, we're weird anyway, so, just, just put us wherever you want, I don't, it doesn't matter, we don't care, we'll, we'll still do our thing, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that's the thing, especially here in Maine, mm. there's not a lot of bands to begin with, so it's stupid no. to me to not do stuff yeah. like that. Just because, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, compared to, you know, I think probably even when you started to when I started, there's nowhere as near as many bands as we used to have. No, I no. mean, not that we ever had like an overflowing like, just you know, river a sea uh-huh. of bands or whatever. But there was always, you know, it, when tomorrow's tragedy started out, there was probably 50, 60 metal bands in the state, and yeah. there was probably almost that many rock bands you know nope. there was there was a lot of bands we would go play portland you would have a show at the al house you would have a show at the asylum you would have a show at the big easy you would have a show at geno's all going on on the same night with four or five bands on just in portland yeah and there was people at every single one of the shows in the station i mean the station was still there there was like five god venues. bless the station seen a lot of cool shows there. There was, like, there was like five <laughs> venues in like a 10 mile radius down there and every one of them would have people. It's nuts. Yeah, it's it's just a it's a whole different climate and now you don't see I there's no young kids making music right now. Very few. They're all They're, as we say, we always say, you know, we're we're a dad band these days because yeah. we play we know there's very little chance of us touring. Uh 
not completely 100% out of the question, but it would have to be the right circumstances. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, Same. You know, yeah. If we could do like a New England run or something, it, hmm. that would be cool. But for us just to be like, oh, we're all going to go on tour for a month and a half. You've toured. You know how that works. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> you, you uproot your, I literally uprooted my life to do a two week tour and it was worth it, but it, it definitely fucked my life up quite a bit. There's so many, there's so many, I mean, I think the longest one I ever did was like five days. And after even the third or fourth day of not having a normal shower and you're eating beans off your grill in the back because that's, you know, you got a can of beans, you open up, cook it on the grill. Yeah. I mean, you know, you get pretty sick of that shit after three or four days, so... Yeah, dude, we were, there was nine, <laughs> nine dudes, it was, it was, he, uh, we were in Hessian at the time, so Ryan, Jay, and I, as Holy Filth, were, Angus asked us to do that tour with Hessian and Seax and Van Lade, uh, Seax and Van Lade are fucking awesome, great dudes, but we shared a, a pa- like a passenger van with fucking Seax, there was nine dudes, <laughs> And we would always sing that, you know, that Dio song, Night People. So every every, every time we were all in the car, we'd be like, Night People. You know, like, it's like, <laughs> but like, it was just fucking, it was a nightmare, man. Like, we were, it were so cramped. And you were like, lucky if you got a truck stop shower, you know, like, the West Coast was like, is all fucking highway. And like, we played some pretty cool shows, but there are more like, empty shows than, than there were full shows. So yeah, that- it was... That five day we did the last two shows we did were in, um, I think they were in Maine because we came back. We played at the Underground was one of the shows, and then the next day we were going back down to Southern Maine. I think it was or something. It was just the way it ended up working out. But I remember, I remember like stripping off in the Underground bathroom. With a washcloth Dude, yep. just to clean up because I was so fucking rank after three days. Mind you, our old van had carpeting in it because it was a GMC van. <laughs> so it smelled like five sweaty ass dudes anyway. Yep. So you're stuck in that van and it's middle of the summer and it's like a like hundred degrees. Yeah. And you're just roasting and just gross, dude. You know, it's like... Gold, gold bond medicated powder and a washcloth, and you're just trying to clean up, and you're wearing you do, the yeah. same shirt that you've had on for three days, and it stinks so bad. Yeah, and I'm like, dude, I'm like, I sweat a lot. Yeah, and, same, and I'm like super anal. If I don't, if I don't take a shower like every day, I I get like, oh, it skeeves me, dude. Out. dude I can't do it. I can't do it. I cannot so do it. I have to shower every day, and like it. It was such a, a challenge. Like every truck stop we were at, I'm like, "Is our shower here?" You know, like, "Oh, like it was just it was." And you feel like just disgusting. I remember L.A. was like the worst because we played this like this weird venue and like we opened the show and it was weird and like I was trying to like wash myself off in the bathroom and it was just like a bunch <laughs> of like like thrasher dudes in the bathroom, like long hairs, just like why is this dude washing his armpits in the sink? Like it's it's gross. Yeah, like it's was We were lucky. I think. Out of, I think. Uh, no, we had two shows left after that because the day after the show at the Underground, we we left that night and stayed at a friend's house. Yeah. On the because we drove like halfway back down, so we got to take a shower. 
And then everybody got to shower, clean up, and then we played the last two two shows or whatever the thing. It was the same thing. I mean, I think we only we had one show in New Hampshire that was just nobody at like yeah. literally nobody. We played um, I think one I think one out of the four or five shows. One show got canceled. So we only ended up playing four out of the five things and we had like one show where we had like 50, 60 kids, yeah. at, you know, yeah. but most of them, it was like 10, 12 people. Yeah. I think out of, out of that whole tour we did with Hessian, like the only really good dates were, we played Ventura, California. We played a festival. Frost and fire too. So we, the headliner was Sea Earth Ungle. They're an older, just like traditional heavy metal band. And they had been broken up for, christ it was probably like 20 we figured out it they were had been broken up longer than ryan was had been alive <laughs> so like we they were getting together because they're from ventura so they got them together to do this fest and now they're back together they're touring all the time now oh, well cool. not That's right cool, now but yeah. but like uh, it so we played that and we played with uh, i forget who else was on there midnight played it high spirits slow fig who ryan and i absolutely love their just this awesome heavy metal band. And so we got to play the fest with them and that was really cool. But when we played, we played the after party after Sierra Thon Gold played and it was literally insanity. It was like the most fun show I think I've ever played because it was just packed. Everyone was at the bar. Everyone was getting wasted. There <laughs> dudes from the bands were in there, like just watching us play like James Paul Luna from Holy Grail. I looked over and he was just like, watching us play and i was like oh that's cool like it's like and like and and then we played i think seattle was was pretty good um the last show boise idaho we literally all the bands just played to themselves like it was that reminds me of, that reminds me of manchester new hampshire yeah we got booked for we were doing a three-day run with widow sunday us and hmm. uh salvo this was before i was in salvo and uh it was yeah, so it was it Con Salvo and uh, Widow Sunday. Well, the the guy that runs Ratback Records was there because Widow Sunday was on the bill. He literally was the only dude that wasn't a staff member that was at the show. Dude, yeah, the guy booked us on hip hop night. Oh no! So all these people were coming in expecting hip hop night, and there's a bunch of metal bands playing, and they just promptly turned around and left. Yeah. The dude that booked the show left before the show even got over because he didn't have any money to pay anybody. <laughs> uh, never heard from that guy again. Yeah. The sound guy was the biggest douchebag I have ever met in my life. Like, you know me, I'm pretty pretty laid back guy yeah, for the yeah. most part. That's one of like only two times ever in my musical career where I was ready to like punch somebody in the face because he was being dude, that yeah, of, he was being yeah. that much of a prick. We were on one, and he's like, "You guys got to turn down." I'll put it through the monitor. So I was like, "Dude, we're on one. We can't turn down any lower." It's trying to shut like, you. We can't, shut you off, dude. <laughs> you know, like I was taking it, and I literally could hear nothing on stage. He's like, "Oh, you're fine out front," and the other guys were like, "Dude, we can't hear anything." The other guys, the other bands were watching. They were like, "We can't hear anything." Yeah, yeah. So we played like three songs, and we were just like, "Fuck you, dude." We're all last song. We did, everybody just cranked all of our shit up. Fucking, we're like, fuck you, dude. You're a fucking moron. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> that we did. We played a show like that with Hessian in in, <laughs> in Brooklyn, where there was literally no one, and the sound guy was a dick. So it was like the same same sort of scenario, but like it was Brooklyn on a f fucking Saturday night. 
Brooklyn, New York. So I was like, yeah, there'll probably be some people there. Right, but we were playing, we, we did a run with the, the dudes in Worshipper who are fucking awesome dudes. Great band. Um, they are, I think they're signed to like teepee or something. I but say, like, they're on a label now. Yeah. I have, I have them on Facebook and yeah. like I see them posting yeah. something about. And I think like there were only a handful of people and one of them was like one of the dudes from teepee. So, but like, it was just like, dude, we, we pretty much played to no one. I remember that night Ryan farted on stage so bad that I wanted to throw up. It was like literally the most disgusting fucking, it was at the Lucky 13 Saloon, which is a pretty cool venue. Yeah, like I've even heard of that place. Well, it's like, it's a, it's pretty like, it's like a metal venue, but the, the front is a bar and they have like the bar, the waitresses are also like like go-go dancer like slash strippers which is like that's not the cool i don't really care about that that but, was the best part but like you know it was cool to play a venue where like you know some of my favorite band like fucking morticians played there typo negative like it, it was just like really cool to to be there but there was no no one at the show yeah. it was like well, <laughs> that's like that's like uh that reminds me of like playing it, it it was super cool to play when we played montreal at um Huh. The Hard Rock Cafe yeah. in Montreal. It was cool because we got to play at the Hard Rock Cafe in Montreal, but the only people who were there were the record label execs that were doing their showcase. Yeah. You know, so it was really weird because there was nobody there other than the label, you know, the record yeah, That's going to be an people, awkward. Which was, so it's fun because, you know, how often do you get a chance to play for major labels, you know? And, yeah, and, yeah. So it was an experience getting up there to play and crossing the border and that whole deal. But at the same time, it's it's a, it's a weird because it's like yeah. I'm, I'm trying to get hyped up because this is a, you know a label showcase. And you're trying to give it your all and you look out and it's just empty tables. And no, no energy from There's from no people. Energy. Yeah, like it's, it's really weird. Yeah, it's really those those are tough shows, and it, you, you kind of question like why am I even. Why am I even pretending? <laughs> like, well, it was, it was really... But you got... you Obviously, you had... You had a reason to, you know? Well, like, yeah. it was, yeah, like Well, and it was really weird because there was a bunch of other bands playing it, and what... It was... It, and it was weird because these bands were from all over Canada. There was a few from the state, different, you know, places in the states. And uh, there happened to be another band from Maine there, and I can't remember the name of the band, but I remember us talking to them and stuff, and... Seem like really nice guys. Well, they played right before us. And most of the... Because we got there early and we're watching some of the other bands. I mean, there was everything from, like, solo acoustic bands to, like, metal bands to hip-hop. I mean, it was everything. It wasn't yeah. just, like, one genre. But um, th- these guys were a rock band, and they played right before us. And I thought they had a pretty good set. Like, they sat down with those record dudes for five minutes, got up and left. And when we come back, we wanted to get a hold of them. And they broke up. <laughs> I was like, so that obviously didn't no, go very well. no. I was like, oh, oh no. You know, I thought we had a, I thought we had a really good showcase. Like we actually sat there for like twenty minutes and talked to the the, the label guys. They gave us some pointers about the, what they wanted to see out of us and uh-huh. comp, you know, they're label dudes. They don't pull any punches. So they, no, yeah, they, they give you some harsh reality feedback and but they also had a lot of good stuff to say and whatever you know. Yeah. And, it worked out, but it was it was a cool experience. Then we almost got lost going back. We almost ended up in Toronto. No, oh, jeez. Because we got off because Montreal is the most insane 
highway to navigate on the Dude, yeah, it's, it is crazy. There's it like is crazy. nine lanes and dividers you got to go through for anybody that's never driven up there. It's nuts. Yeah. And I am not cultured and don't speak French. So I couldn't read. Nobody, nobody in my band could read any of the signs. So we're, this was like pre G. Was it pre GPS? Pre GPS. This was 2005. You guys so are we had a G- map questing it, dude. Oh, yes, we were. <laughs> we had a GPS, but you had to buy like a separate Canadian map, and there was a whole bunch of. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because it wasn't like a phone GPS, it was like a Garmin that you plugged in. And... Yeah, I think that happened to us the first. We went up there to see Metallica, Ryan. Heavy Montreal? Yeah, Heavy Montreal. Yeah. The, the, the first, that was like 2014, I think. Ryan and his cousin Zach and I. And I think we had that same sort of thing. It was like, why is the GPS not doing this correctly? Yeah. Like, like, what is going on? Oh, we didn't update the, the Canadian map on the thing. And, <laughs> oh, shit. You know. And, of course, you know, up there, at that time, this was like, man, it was like when we were first all getting cell phones. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I had the old Nokia with a pull-out, you know, pull-out antenna. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. You know, so there was zero cell reception up there. It's not like now where you can just spend 15 bucks and buy an international plan yeah. for yeah. the month, you know. Yeah. This was, as soon as you got across the border, no cell phone reception. So, my guitar player, my drummer, ended up in Syracuse, New York on the way back because they got lost. We almost ended, we got like an hour and a half towards Toronto before we realized where we were going. Then we had to turn back around, Sucks, come man. back in. Like, I had to work the next day. We were supposed to originally play on Saturday, and our day got bumped up because they got behind and whatever. Yeah. And so we ended up having to play Sunday. So, like, I was supposed to have at least enough time to go home and sleep for, like, three or four hours. Yeah, I got home literally when I was supposed to leave for work. So I literally went from that to work. Yeah, yeah. And I hadn't slept in, like, two days. I was so, so exhausted. And it was... I've been there. But, you know... <laughs> <laughs> those, those are the fun, you know, the stories, man, you know, and it's, it's, uh, making memories, right? Making memories, especially, and I think back about that stuff now, because two, two of the guys that were in that band, uh, um, have passed away in yeah. the last couple of years. So it's like, you know, you really look back at that stuff now and take it, really yeah. appreciate it even more. Because I think a lot of times you don't appreciate stuff in the moment when it's no. happening. It's no. when you're looking back and going, you know what? That was a really fun trip. Dude, yeah. You know, there was... there, there's sometimes you'll you'll just have like a horrendous show and something dumb will happen, but you know, like a year from from then, you'll look back and be like, "Ah, oh, that was pretty funny." At the time, you're just like, "Fuck this," you know. Like, <laughs> uh, you know, well, exactly. <laughs> there was a there was a show where I almost punched the promoter in the face because he was being a dick. Yeah. And the person in my band who was the least likely to have be responsible was the one that kept me from punching him in the face. You know, it was one of those deals where it was a 21 plus club, but if you, they were letting people play, but you had to stay out of the bar area. You oh, yeah. couldn't go in. Well, nobody told us that. So we would, this was in Portland at the, uh, at the asylum. And so we were going in to the restaurant area to eat. We didn't realize that was technically the bar area. Yeah. So two of the guys in my band at the time were only 17. Hmm. And... We were going in, and we played there like five or six times, done that every time that we had gone there and played. Yeah. Well, this time, the the, the main promoter guy happened to be there, and he just started, like, flipping out on us and, like, screaming and hollering. And 
just, just being an you, asshole. You guys will never play anywhere I book again. And I'm just like, we were just like, now let's get our shit and go. I was like, fuck this dude. Yeah. You know, and he kept running his mouth and he followed us out. And I mean, I, I had my hand balled up. I was getting ready to just slug him. I was like, what do I care? I'm going to knock this fucker out. <laughs> and I remember my bass player, Lewis, who's one of the guys that's passed away. He, uh, grabbing my arm and just being like, don't do it, dude. He, he's like, don't do it. He's like, I know you're Paris, but don't do it. Yeah, yeah. And then one of the guys from the band we were playing with came out and just started chewing this dude a new asshole and be like, fuck you, dude. He's like, these guys just came down to help me out because I had a band drop off at the last minute. Yeah. We just drove three hours down here to come play. Don't be a fucking asshole to him. And he, he, he apologized. We were cool. After that, I never had a problem with a guy. But yeah, yeah. It was just like, I think he thought, oh, this is a newer band. You know, we were fairly new at the yeah, time. Yeah. I think he's like, oh, it's a new band. I'm going to be Mr. Badass. And it's like, yeah. dude, I, I'm fucking six inches taller than you and I'll weigh you by 100 pounds, buddy. Yeah. That's back when I was still, I was actually somewhat jacked at that point in time. I was, you know, I've gained a few pounds since then. But, you Haven't know, we all? <laughs> That was back when it wouldn't have taken much for me to just hit him and knock him cold. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we <laughs> we definitely we've had our run-ins with not nothing too bad with with promoters, but we definitely don't let them get away with anything because you know at the end of the day, yeah, you're putting on the show, but all these bands are going out of their way. They're taking their time. If you're not gonna fucking compensate them, then we're gonna take the money from you, and we're gonna get the money whether you want us to or not and we've done it before and and it's it you know it's just if you're making me drive all the way to play a show load my shit in sit around for five hours then play load my shit up drive back home you're gonna pay me yeah yeah you, you're not you know it's just at the I, i'm i'm too i won't want to say i'm too old now but like i'm too <laughs> i i just don't you know if i was putting on a show it, even if i was paying it out of my own pocket i would make sure Everyone got paid. Which, you know? which I've done before. Yeah, no, I have too. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it, it's, it's, it's I important. I always tried to be up front with bands when I booked because yeah. I had a setup there. And this is how it worked. That really wasn't technically up to me or that was part of the club. Mm-hmm. But I never promised anybody no, anything yeah, yeah. that I could not deliver. Absolutely. I yeah. was always honest and be like, you know, I can give you $3 for every ticket you sell. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if you guys do really well with the tickets and you guys know that you're going to get a headline gig, when you get a headline gig, then it's 50% of the door. Yeah. You know, it's, you got a chance to make some money. Mm-hmm. But it was, I always was up front and I was like, I, you know, I, I was in a band when I'm booking. I totally understand if you're like, dude, we can't play unless we get paid. Well, yeah. I can't guarantee you get paid because yeah. I ain't making much money on the show. You know, yeah. No, we d- we've done. I think the only show we did where we sold tickets was, um, who did we play with? Did we play? With, we played with Nobis. We played with Nobis. Yeah, because oh, our, was that the one in downtown Bangalore? Yeah, it was at the what the hell was the name of that place? It was only open for a little yeah, while. Yeah, it wasn't. Right? Yeah, yeah. We it wasn't open long, but but I remember Lee. He he asked us to play, and this was Holy Fourth was fairly new. I think we had just put out. Like the the EP that had Feast on Fire on it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. What, I mean, I was it called Feast on Fire? I have no idea. I don't remember. I don't remember. Dude, I have <laughs> remember like, album titles. I I get real songs on. Yeah. But I'm you know. But he gave us. He's like, yeah, just sell this amount of tickets, and and we ended up selling them all. And he was like, whoa, that's that's crazy. You sold all the tickets. 
we were like, yeah, no, but it, it was a good experience, you know, and the Nobus guys, they're, they're really cool to us. And, you know, we, we were just a newer band, you know, so they, and they went out of their way. They were like, these, this band's fucking cool. We're going to have them on our, we want them on the show, you know, like but th- that was, that was the Nobus guys in the Red Cloud Revival guys to a T were always like that because yeah. I've always said that tomorrow's tragedy never would have taken off like we did if it hadn't been for the Nobis and Red Cloud guys, because those dudes took us everywhere with them when we first started playing because they liked us. Yeah, you know, so they got us on shows that we never would have got on because nobody knew who the fuck we were. You mm-hmm. know, and I remember somebody saying one time to me, they were like, "I've never seen a local band going from being an opener that nobody knew to headlining and almost selling." Like, we almost sold the 103 out after six months. Like, I think it was six months of playing out. Yeah. You know, and it was like, dude, not a lot of local bands pulled that many people in there. Yeah. You know, you'd get a couple hundred was a good was a good crowd. Yeah. You know, it's usually between 100 and 200, which now I think about it, it's like, man, I wish we had those numbers. Jesus, yeah, and no, I remember some <laughs> of those. Like, I remember going to see Every Time I Die, and that was, that was, that was a pretty full show, and like, uh, times i saw guar there and like <sighs> the guar shows are so i know fun. yeah and and i i miss that venue i, I feel like i went it's i ended a, up yeah it's a gas station now yeah they, i know it's they, tore it down they leveled it's a gas it and, yeah no every it, time i walk in and sometimes i'll go there for lunch at work and i go to the deli and i'm like yep there used to be a stage right here where this <laughs> <Yeah>. deli was <laughs> get up on the deli dude yeah no yeah it's it's weird but um yeah you it, shows back then you know you had you had a, a a lot of people supporting local music which you know people still support it now but it's like people don't go to shows though no 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 people will support your band and share your you share your music and talk about which is great and i'm very thankful for yeah. that but at the same time i don't know how many times i've been like for a month and a half it's like oh we got a show coming up and blah 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 and then after the show, so everybody's like, what, what show? I didn't know there was a show, man. I would have gone to that. Yeah, it's like, so. dude, do you not pay attention? Whatever you say. Whatever. No, yeah. I, we, if 100 people say they're going on Facebook, 25 of them are That's go literally on. it. It's the long that, average, that's it, know? man. That's it. You know, there's, there's rare instances. We, we got, we have a pretty good following, or... I don't know now. We haven't played Portland in like over a year, but I'm sure people would still come out and see Holy Filth if we if we played Portland. You guys you know, need to play the two one two when you guys get back too. I know you we guys never are, have. I we played it as Hessian, yeah, and guys, it was wild. It was a good time. The two one two in Westbrook is a really cool yeah. cool venue, and uh, John Wagner that sings for Lions is the one of the booking dudes there. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, he is—he's a wicked good dude. But that place is really cool. It's got a—it's got a very Ushuaia one hundred yeah, no, three vibe we, to it. When we did that run with Worshipper, we did it was Worshipper Summoner, um, uh, Hessian, and Drive Train, and at the two on two, and it was—it was a a party, dude. It was a lot of fun. It was a fun, lot man, of fun. Yeah. And we had been booked as Holy Filth to play. I can't remember who we were playing with there, but. That we, was right when the COVID shit hit, wasn't it? No, it was before that, and we kind of like we weren't gonna be able to do it, so we we had to back out. Oh, but yeah. well, we we wanted to get Holy Filth there, and I mean, as soon as 
all this stuff is done. We'll get, but I mean, you know, like kind of every time we're down that way, it's, you know, like Geno's is our home base. I always, I miss Geno's. I haven't played that place in so long. I always look at us as more of like, I feel like we're more of a Portland band at this point, to be honest. Cause like we, we, we play down there more. Um, the, the people that come to see us are more apt to come see us if we play in Portland, you know? I think in general, Portland people are a little more apt to go to shows anyway, just yeah. because it's a little more of an artistic community yep. than up here. That and do Geno's, well, Geno's has new ownership now, so I I hope the best for that. But when John from Last Mercy Emissions was doing the booking, the booking yeah. that guy did more for this fucking state as far as like live shows go than anyone i know he's he's booked the most insane shows i've ever seen in my entire 32 years on this planet at geno's like seeing seeing yob at geno's seeing voivod at geno's he booked yeah. fucking integrity twice like it, he i remember there there was like it like, seemed like every week there was like some dude, badass show I, going on. the last show i saw actually was was uh immolation and blood incantation at and i was like I'm seeing Immolation in fucking Portland. Like I've been listening to Immolation since high school, and I didn't think I'd ever see them if I, unless I like went to Worcester or something. Like Boston, I I feel like that all the time. I see bands, it's like nobody ever comes to Maine. No, we miss. We're just. And he was doing that, dude. And and he's 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 stepped back from doing that, which is which is is a shame. And I understand. And like right now, he can't really do anything. I hope that when shows come back that he will step back in because he he really like and that guy he gets it he loves it he loves extreme music like he he fucking loves it so it it made for some of like the most memorable memorable shows i've ever played like i've you know he he always took care of us he always made sure we were good and he always put us you know on good spots on shows so i have nothing but nice things to say about john morse John Morse, I love you. If you ever hear this, <laughs> you're the greatest. So, but yeah, like the thing, the thing with us is for those who don't know, um, maybe this is your first time listening to the show. Maybe you just <laughs> don't know because I, I'm pretty sure I've talked about this before. Um, for anybody who used to listen to the show, it's maybe just getting back into it because I did take like a two year break. Um, so when my band in the Kingdom of Nightmares got back together after eight years it was a while not playing yep. you know seven years of not playing we decided to give it a go we got playing again um you know we really spent like the first six or seven months we were a band just writing and working on stuff and we didn't really do a ton we played a couple jam spot shows because we have a cool little venue at our jam spot yeah this place out in harmony right yeah yeah yep. it's very uh it's very not advertised you know what I yeah, mean? It's yeah. kind of like, if you know, you know, when you go out there and have fun and it's very cool. It's, it, it reminds me a lot of the cave, like that kind of vibe where everybody's yeah. just really happy to be there and having fun. And, oh, I miss the cave, dude. You know, that's, that's what it is. <laughs> like, it, it, yeah. Really, that's what it is. But yeah. you you can only cram about 50 people in there and yeah. it's full. Yeah. You know, maybe 60 or 70. It's like what the jam spot yeah, was. You, know, yeah. you can't cram too many people, there, but we got a stage in there and it's, you know, it's all... <laughs> Um, the majority of the shows that first year was just, just playing there. You know, we did a bunch of shows there. We played in Bangor once, a couple times. Um, we played one show in Westbrook, and we played, 
the um, holy cow, having a brain cramp day. It's been a long day. <laughs> uh, we played a herd flock, which was which yeah. was a blast. That was like you know that was like the one kind of big show we did. And our plan was this year was we went into the studio with Evan Sammons from Last Chance to Reason, recorded probably the best album that I have ever been a part of recording wise and just the sound stellar song wise sounds good evan did a phenomenal job on it so we're like all pumped and ready to go you're like hitting it hard for a dad band you know we were going to try to actually play travel a little bit more kind of diversify out as far as where we played a little bit more this year and then the covid thing hit and it just shut everything down so you know we had a show with us in ruin down at the 212 um Herd Flock got canceled. We had another show in Callis that got canceled. So we were actually going to start playing out, you know, instead of just doing jam spot. Because, honestly, almost everybody in my band, outside of my drummer, hadn't played shows in, like, six, seven years. Yep. You know, I did a few shows here and there, like... Well, we played with you with, with Salvo. Yes. Right? We, At yes, the cave, yeah. That, that show. Ooh, yeah, that was not a good show Yeah. For us. <laughs> Um, that was, uh, yeah, that yeah. was a rough show. Uh, but that's neither here nor there. That yeah. was the last show ever at the cave, too, if yep. I remember right. Yeah, that, that was. the last show. Yep. Um, and I did that show. I did the TV casualty set with Richie and Zach yep. and Alex. We did the our Misfits cover tribute set <laughs> at the cave. And I did a Etcon reunion show. And I did one show with Killing Voorhees when we tried to get that off the ground. Yeah. So I did four shows over the span of like eight, seven years, roughly-ish. But <laughs> that goes from playing... All the time. One to two shows a weekend for like ten years, basically. Yep. Yep. Down to like four shows of, you know, <laughs> it was weird, but yeah. So we were going to, you know, we were at least going to try to start playing out a little bit as far as once a month or so doing a show, because that's about all we can do. You know, once in a while, we might be able to do two shows in a month if the yep. lives are feeling, lives and girlfriends <laughs> are feeling generous, <laughs> and uh, we, you know, we can all finagle schedules and everything else, you know, but it's, it's, it's one of those things, man, it's just been so weird. And then during the whole COVID thing, we didn't practice for the first, like, well, when it first started shutting down, we were still at that point. Like, oh, this is all fucking bullshit, whatever. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, we we were still practicing and stuff. And then it was like, uh... Maybe yeah. we shouldn't. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't. So then we didn't practice for almost two months. And then we started, you know, we started jamming again and whatever. But it, uh, we, like, we have... We have to go finish our album that we started before the COVID thing happened. Yeah. We were scheduled to go in at about the time the COVID stuff really started. So from the time we started the album to the time we finished it, there was like a five, six month gap because we couldn't get back in the studio. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so we've just been like, we've just been writing when we can get together. You know, it's been kind of weird because we, lost one of our guitar players basically had to get done because of the COVID stuff and just life things happening. And it's, it kind of really put a monkey wrench in it. And cause we all drive an hour to band practice. Like yeah. it's central for all of us. So that's why we practice there. Yeah. So we all have to drive 45 minutes to an hour and it's just like, you know, he's like, 
the drive time every weekend, and you know, I don't have time to practice. I don't have time, you know. Yeah. Which we all understand, you know. It was that's the one thing about being older and a little more mature. Back in the day, would have been like, "What the fuck, dude? Quit your job. Yeah. You're fine. We're gonna be huge, man. We got a deal coming. We're gonna go on tour." Yeah. <laughs> you know? I was doing I was doing that long drive for a while when I lived here across the street from you i was i was also in manica braxis with dallas and uh and me and ethan were so we were doing well ethan wasn't in holy filth at the time jay was in holy filth so i was doing holy filth and manica braxis and glenburn just like it was like a half hour you know but it was still like my i had a kid on the way and like towards the end of it i was like fuck i'm doing too much like it, 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 it just kind of like it kind of got to me but i mean you know it was it's tough. Like you, you do it cause you love it and you make those sacrifices, but sometimes you're like, fuck, this is a lot, you know, <laughs> even though it's, even though it's not, it just feel like, it feels oh, no, like it sometimes. I fully, I fully, fully yeah. understand it. You know, we, we had, uh, when I was in Salvo, we got offered a management deal with a fairly decent sized management group that was going to put us out and have a start touring at that time. I'm the same age, roughly the same age as you, and it's like, dude, this is what I have been working for since I was 18 years old and started being in a band. Yeah. And then you look at the other side of it and be like, I have a mortgage. Mm-hmm. And I have a halfway decent job. And do I really want to go on tour for three to four weeks at a time and make $50 for gas and get you know cold pizza every night? Because we at least had a rider that we got fed and paid, but it was just enough to cover gas. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, it's like, do I, and we had a chance to tour with some fairly decent, pretty big bands, Um, which, I mean, I don't know if I've ever told you about that or not, about who we got off. No, no, yeah. I'll tell you off mic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, so, I mean, we had that, and, like, you, you step back and you look at it and go, like, is this really feasible for me to go do this? Because our management was like, well, we'll put you out on the road for three weeks, and then you'll be home for a month, and then we'll put you out for like three weeks, home for a month. We'll keep you on that cycle. And I'm like, dude, my job's not going to let me do that. No, yeah. You know, my job might say cool. My job would be cool enough where I could probably take three weeks off or a month off and go do it. Yeah, yeah. But that would be about the extent of it. It wouldn't be, hey, I'm coming back for three or four weeks, and then I'm going to leave again. That See you later. Yeah. Like, well, good luck with that. Uh, you know. When when we did that Hessian tour, Ryan and I were both assistant managers at the Bangor Bull Moose, and uh, I had to leave that job to go to Brunswick and be the assistant manager there. I remember. Yeah, I remember that. To yeah. do a two and a half week tour, but I was like, if I don't do this now, I'm gonna regret it. And if this is the only time I do it, then this is the time to do it. You know, like. And and it turned out to be like so far the only time I've done it. I fully yeah like I, you know, and that's the thing. I I look back at even the little like the little four or five day runs we did, yeah. and be like, I'm glad I I did it and got a chance to do it because I would always sit and wonder if I didn't do it, you know. And yeah. The whole thing with that stuff with Salvo and that part of it was. They pretty much ended up breaking up shortly after that anyway. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it was like, maybe it was a blessing in disguise that I kind of got out when I did. and You know, but there was no hard feelings. I still loved everybody in the band. They yeah. were all my friends. It was just, I. that was like the hardest decision I had ever had to make as far as music goes. Like, I even, even talked to my mom about, listen, I'll shut my house down. 
and I'll just come live with you while I'm back, and I'll try to find some odd jobs to do or something. And I really considered it. Yeah, no, and it, it's but in the end, it's like uh, yeah. being being a touring musician now is you literally have to you can't be you, you can't be like a family dude. You can't be you're you're literally that's your life. And those guys that do it, I have the utmost respect for them, Absolutely. and I'm I'm thankful for them. Uh, but I also I feel bad for them because they're you know they're missing out on that whole other side of, of their lives. You know so, that's one thing. Booking like in the the bands that I book, a lot of them were big bands, you know, bigger bands, and hanging out around those bands before shows and stuff. Obviously, because I'm in there before they ever let anybody in, so you kind of get to talk to some of them. And, yeah. But listening to those dudes calling up their kids and being like. Dude, hey, yeah. hey, you know, geez, this is daddy. I'm just calling to see how'd your day go and, you know, talking to him and then being like, well, make sure you're good for your grandma tonight, you know, and yeah, you yeah. go to bed and I'll see you when I get home. Oh, no, honey, I'll be home in a couple weeks, a couple more weeks. I'll be, it's like, dude, it's like, I could man, never like, oh, do I could never do that. I, if I don't see my kid like every day, I, I don't know what I do. You know, like he's just like, he's, that's like the constant one her and, and my my fiance and my son are like that's my my constant in my life you know like yeah. if i don't if i didn't if i was away from them i'd feel like i was being a like a, a just a piece of shit you know like it's like it's, <laughs> that's called being responsible yes sir. and i i <laughs> yeah. love them dearly and they're the most important things in my life so like i i could never you know squander that for some dream that i have you know like yeah. you you get to a certain point in life and you're like you know what there's other people that are depending on me and you know and we all everyone in holy filth you know richie's got two kids and a wife and a ryan's brand married brand new baby brand new, 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 new yeah little tiny man lyra you know is he's, yeah. he's got the best facial expressions dude I yeah i love the photos he's richie like, was like he looks like don rickles like he had a picture where he looked <laughs> like he's gonna kill me for saying this but you know what remind he posted one picture of him and all i could think of was the princess bride mm-hmm. <laughs> and freaking yeah the, the guy geez, i can't remember his name now but um the uh, the guy that he does the test with there. You know, oh, the inconceivable. Inconceivable. Yeah. <laughs> That's all I can he's got yeah, no. He's pick. got the little bald man just, hair, dude. He dude. had like this yep. little, he had this little eyebrow thing going on, and That's all I could think. Of. He's a handsome little man. And I can yeah. picture Richie with his big mop of hair standing beside, behind him like Andre the Giant. You know? Do you ask <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. No. Yeah. He's 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 a cutie. Now, but like we, you know, we we all have that, but. But I mean, you make time for. We would never not do. I don't think that Ryan and I could ever stop doing Holy Filth. I don't think that we could. I don't. I don't think there's some something in the universe that will not fucking let us ever stop. You know, like until one of us fucking dies, or we just like it gets. I don't think it would ever get to be too much. You I know? think you know, and, and that's the thing, dude. There may be different iterations of it. Yeah, it may change a little bit over time of like what you started out doing and what. And I'll tell you, man, that's one thing. I may have told myself the whole time that I wasn't playing music on the regular, that I was completely over it. Now I'm, no, I'm good, dude. I fucking miss playing all the time. I just tried to convince myself I I didn't because no, was, yeah. I felt like when I couldn't tour. And that I couldn't go do that, that I had blown my chance, and that was it. 
fucking time to hang it up. You've done what you're going to do. Yeah. You're never going to do anything else that's going to match that sort of thing. And then it's like, you know, you go back and you look and you think about different things that you've done and you're like, Dude, I played a show for 11,000 fucking people. How many people get to say they ever did that? You yeah, know no, I mean? yeah. It's like I played a show for 11,000 people. I got to fucking go on tour with my friends and have fun, and I got to see, you know, multiple... I got to go outside of the country and play, and I got to travel and yeah, no, it's... meet all these cool people and do shit I never would have thought. If 18-year-old me had seen all that shit would have been like dude that you're full of shit you ain't ever gonna actually do any of that you know dude same yeah no in high school my i was just like i want to be in a heavy metal band that's what i want to do but i never you know i was too too shy i didn't i didn't really play an instrument the the only reason i play bass and guitar is because the first band i ever joined i i barely played bass they needed a bassist, and I just, I was like, shot in the dark. I was like, I'll do it. And I went to, uh, I can't remember where I went, if it was Northern Kingdom or Mark's. I bought a bass with my, pay- I, I blew my whole paycheck, I bought a bass, and I just fucking did it. I just did it, and now it led me to where I'm at, you know. Yeah. And, I, and I'm, I'm thankful that I just took the took the leap when I was, I was probably like 20 shit i was probably like 23 or something so i didn't i didn't get started until late you know like i was i was uh i was 24 when tomorrow's tragedy started playing yeah. out like i had been in three or four other bands and out of those three or four other bands we literally played one show yeah and that was a somebody's sweet 16 birthday party you know what i mean one of the guys nice. bit, bit in the band's girlfriend sweet 16 you know and it was uh at that time i was playing bass and I always wanted to sing, but dude, I had no confidence. It's like, I, no, I can't be a singer. Yeah. Uh, you know, finally <laughs> I, like... I started doing it and then it's like, now it's just, that's what I do. But it's weird. It's just, yeah, it's weird yeah. how the, how the progression of where you start. Like I have a, I have a cassette tape of my first band I ever played in called Brain Rust. Yeah. And it is fucking awful. It's like, we're doing like really poorly played green day covers you know we none of us knew how to play yeah we were just trying to figure shit out we had a couple originals <laughs> dude and, yeah no you know, but there's a tape of us like doing corn and like <laughs> green day and like seven mary three and it was weird it wasn't metal you know it was alt rock type shit yeah. and then from that i ended up playing in a hardcore band with a couple guys playing bass and singing yeah and then it was like from there, I or well, I actually ended up playing bass in a buddy's band, helping them out, and I really didn't know how to play bass, so I kind of looked like you. I kind of just learned, and they taught me. And I, I fake, I you know, as they, as they say, fake it till you make it. 100%, you know, dude. play open E a lot and just smile and stand there. Yep. You know, and well, I, I went from that, and then I ended up. Uh, being in a hardcore band for a little while, and then I ended up playing in my first, like, real metal band called Nephilim. Yeah. That was, like, 98. And then we, you know, it was the first time I sang and actually recorded something, and, you know, we, we did that. And then from there, I didn't really play in any bands I, until, like, 2002. I started in a band called Winter's End that was kind of, like, Soulfly-ish type metal, yeah, and, you know, like groovy. Yeah, yeah, it was it was funk metal. Like we had our bass player was amazing. Like he just he put a lot of like funk groove over like heavy shit, and it was weird. But 
that ended up morphing into tomorrow's tragedy. And then all of a sudden at 24, I've been playing in bands for six years. Now all of a sudden we, we practiced for like three months, three or four months. I was in that band and we got offered some shows Yeah, and we got offered shows. And the next thing we know, we're playing like three or four shows a week. Mm-hmm. You know, that was back when you could actually play three or four shows a week. I know. Yeah. That yeah. many shows going on. Yeah. Like we'd go play metal Mondays at the ale house. Then you'd play like, Friday, Saturday, sometimes Sunday, sometimes Thursday nights. I mean, it was crazy. Like, yeah. but I, and then I just never stopped for like ten years. I was always in a band playing out. And then, <laughs> yeah, no, I've been. It's been pretty constant for me since. I mean, I joined the my first band was a hardcore band, Do Your Worst. And that was 2011, and then, you know, a couple of years later, you know, like Ryan and I had known each other, and it was kind of like. He started working at Bull Moose, and he was like, hey, man, I got this band name, and I want to do a band. It's called Holy Filth. And he's like, "I want." originally it was going to be a two-piece band. Yeah. He was going to play drums. I was going to play guitar. And it was going to be just, like, obnoxious, like, doom metal. <laughs> like, like and, super slow. And there, there's a video of it on Facebook, and I saw it not too long ago, and I was just like, the fuck is this? And, <laughs> and then we kind of, like... Ryan was like, let's make it a thrash band and let's add Ethan, who at the time was playing in Do Your Worst. And because Ethan, like, he's built for thrash. He's built to DB. He's, so he's fast. literally he's built so to DB. He is a fucking machine. And uh, we we just did that. And I, I mean, I remember at the time I was like, OK, I've I've seen Ryan play. Ryan's an amazing guitarist. I can't fucking keep up with that. Like, I was still just a you know like a mediocre bass player but he was really patient with me and you know over time you know i now it is to the point where he writes something and i'm i'm on it because we've been we've been doing it for so long you guys have been a band now for what like eight years seven Seven years years, seven years yeah and so but like he was you know i i i'm thankful for that like you know he he wouldn't he he was cool with me but when I needed a kick in the ass, he'd kick me in the ass. He'd be like, "You need yeah. to, you need to fucking practice, dude. You need to do like." And I'd be like, oh, "Fuck, dude, I don't want, I don't want to make Ryan mad." You know, like, it's, it's, yeah. I don't want to disappoint my older brother. Ryan's you know? like a like the dad you don't want to disappoint. Yeah, I think every, every I think every band has like one of those guys though. That's kind of like mm-hmm. the, the band dad that always is. But he he delivers, dude. That guy is He's so. A riff machine, man. He really. No, I'm constantly in awe of the fact that of the shit that he has in his brain, like the riffs that he like. We were talking about Tempestari before we started this, yeah, yeah, or, and and just like you, that was all. That's all Ryan. He wrote that. He wrote that. He wrote the drums. He wrote like everything. He write. He writes it all. And I and I don't get it. I don't know. He's he's some sort of savant it's, I it's can, bizarre I can write I can write lyrics for days and occasionally yeah. write a couple cool riffs that might be catchy that can be molded into something but yeah I'm not that guy when it comes Dude, to no, coming up with I. riffs it's just <laughs> I'm the I'm the guy you put me in the place and I'll do what you need me to do and... I can compliment what you're gonna do yeah, very yeah. well but I'm not the yeah. guy that's gonna generally shit dude yeah no it's just yeah it and but it's been it was it, it's been awesome to be able to learn from him. Cause like, if you think about it, I got all these lessons for free, you know, like I didn't have to go to a guitar teacher. Like Ryan most people do. Very good guitar teacher. Yeah. Bill. Yeah. Bill, Bill Pierce. Bill's a madman. Yeah. Bill's great. 
and he's he's an incredibly talented guitarist. I mean, Bill taught Corey, Corey from Trivium, yeah. and and uh, but uh, I mean, yeah, no, it's it's been and over the seven years, like like I I I make no like I'm I'm not the greatest bass player, but I'm all I'm a lot fucking better than I was, you know. Like it's just you, <laughs> over time, like, dude. You're 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 very solid, and solid bass players are fucking worse. Harder to find than fucking drummers, in my yeah, opinion. Yeah, You know, usually you can find somebody on drums, man, but a good bass player, to me, maybe it's just because that's what I started out on for an instrument, but in my opinion, bands that have really, really good bass players always seem like they're a step above everybody mm-hmm. else, especially the bass players that can lock in with a drummer and yep. really add... You know, that aren't just following the guitar. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Mm-hmm. But when you've got somebody that can switch from following the guitars to locking right into yeah. beats with the drummer. And I'm very thankful that our bass player, Bruce, can do that. You know, oh, yeah. Bruce really knows his shit. And he can come in and say, well, why don't we try doing this? Or why don't we add this? Or yeah. blah, blah, blah. Or on this part, I'm just going to slow it down and follow the drums. Then we speed up here. I'll come back in with yeah. the guitar. Yeah. You know, Dude, to me, it, it really, we've had some good bass players in the band. I mean, we really have. We've been very fortunate. But he really helped us, I think. I feel like he helped us step up yeah, to a whole different yeah. level compared to where we were. Like, if you listen to our older albums, to you listen to the newer material we put out, it's fucking night and day. I mean, it really yeah. is. It doesn't even, to me, sound like, it still sounds like Itcon just because there's a lot of those same elements there, but we've added so much more to the stuff than we had. Yeah, no, it's the same for us. And it, it it's more of just Ryan and I's musical taste sort of not changing, but we, you know, we started out just as straight up playing thrash yeah, yeah. and now everyone still calls us a thrash band. And I don't understand why No, you're definitely, we are not now. No, not no, no. I, at, I, I don't even know what the hell to call you guys. You're such a hype. It's, to me, you're such a hybrid of like doom, yeah, sludge, and like fucking. You still got thrash. You still got those thrash elements there. It's it's everything we love boiled into one thing. The way I look at it is, it's a good blend of old and new. Like you, you have you say you have a band like 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 old Metallica, and then you have like Mastodon, and then you pop them together, and yeah. I feel like. Or like Yob, and they—it's like your progressive doom thrash. I don't even know what the hell we are. We are. We, I hate that. I hate getting asked that question. We play heavy metal. We that's, yeah. that's about. Well, that's what I usually tell people. I'm like, we're a metal band, or I'll say a death metal band, just because the vocals are so harsh yeah. most of the time. But yeah. I don't really consider us a death metal band. Mm. I also don't consider us a thrash band. I don't consider us a hardcore band or a black metal band, but we have elements of all of that shit in our music. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like to tell people we're a black and metal core. Yeah. You know, I think that's a good <laughs> synopsis because we've got that. We've got a lot of those black metal style riffs. Yeah. But then we've also got those straight up hardcore riffs. We've also got those thrashy speed parts. We, and then we've got, you know, this, then vocally, it's everything from fucking death metal to clean vocals. It just depends on what I'm doing on what song, what fits what song. And we never go into a song saying, okay, this is going to be all death metal vocals or all black metal style vocals or all this. It's like, dude, I'll, I'll run through a set of lyrics 15, 20 times before I really am like, 
alright, I can go this part right here, I can clean, sing on this, you know, I'll figure it out and be like, I'll try different shit and be like, ooh, you know, that doesn't work, that works, that doesn't work. Well, what if I can mine this and this? Oh, that sounds cool, you know? Yeah, it, yeah. it just works how it works. I never really ever intentionally try to sound like anything. It's just, I'm no, a, it, I, yeah. I want what fits the song best. Yeah, same. Yeah, and with the new stuff, like right now we're writing a lot with Richie. We've got, probably got like six songs. Nice. And I mean, because every time we get together, there's a new song. So like, because Ryan has pretty much like the, the laid out stuff and then we'll get together and jam. But I think the new stuff is going to, I think people are going to be surprised by it that listen to us. Because it's not the big thing with, with this new one that Ryan and I really want to do is take a step back and really focus on the vocals because i feel like that's a, a thing that we you know we've just been yelling you know like that's because that's all we can do Dude, but a lot of your stuff is essentially instrumental with a little bit of vocals yeah. sprinkled in i mean but i think now like we're we're trying we're going to try to to sing and it's gonna be either really good or not and it might not work and but you know what we're gonna i'm sh- just saying right now i would love to do some guest vocals i'll hit you up man yeah um but we're 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 really trying to push it more than we ever have and i think the songs now sound like with richie on drums it's a he's a whole different drummer than ethan we're we're not gonna sound we will not sound anything like we did on on the last record ethan ethan i mean i played in the band with ethan for a little while when i was in upon victory and dude ethan's fast he's got quick hands man he Mm -hmm. really has some insanely quick hands and he does stuff a lot of other drummers aren't going to be able to do absolutely yeah that's all there is to it it's not you know you got to play to your strengths of your, your, the people that are in your band, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, the last record, like, the, a lot of the big influences were, like, like D-beat bands, like, like fucking Discharge, Tragedy, Martyr Dodd, all that, like, just D-beat stuff, you know? And that's really not, we're, we're just not going to do that. <laughs> Again, like, it's just, we're not, you know, we're taking a step back. The drums are, are definitely, like, just more, like, heavy metal like old school heavy metal Straight like ahead, like fucking priest and like you know like all, all that as stuff as long as so you like, do some nico mcbain gallops i'd be like the happiest person on the planet i don't know You're if i can you. gallop dude oh, come on. <laughs> come on. You, can do, you can do some steve harris gallops I, geez, no. I don't know if i can but <laughs> yeah it's definitely like i think we're finally i think with this stuff we're gonna have the sound that's gonna carry on throughout the rest of the stuff that we record because i mean you know you've seen the progression everything we put out doesn't sound like the last thing we put out couple eps were very similar yeah then after that it's been a noticeable change in the album yeah you know from from every one every one of them i've got the one that's the the split ep one that's got the two three and four oh yep yep you know you go from that one to turn around and, and it's like holy shit what a huge fucking difference between mm-hmm. those two things and then you go from that to the new album and it's like yeah holy it, fuck there's another huge difference 
it still, to me though, it still sounds like you guys. Well, yeah, it's and it's always going to sound like us. It's just a different interpretation of of that. And I think that just a lot of it comes from who's drumming at the time. Because <laughs> like we had Ethan, then we had Jay, then we had Ethan. Now we got Richie. So it's like it's just that those. But I mean, I think the the lineup we have now is is going to be the one that stands the test of time. Yeah. Like it's. And it, it's some of the most exciting stuff and, like, coolest stuff I think we've ever written. Like, it's... That's it, fun when you're excited about... Like, because I've been in situations where, especially, like... <laughs> whether I've ever admitted this before, but, you know, like, in Tomorrow's Tragedy, towards the end of Tomorrow's Tragedy, I was not fucking having fun writing in that band at yeah. all. Like, it felt like we were chasing something we weren't as yeah. a band. And it's like... This is what we are as a band. This is what everybody liked us as a band. This is what I like us as a band. I have no problem progressing. Yeah. But I feel like we're just trying to go do a 180 from being this type of band to this type of band. You know, we're going from being kind of an alt-metal-ish thrash type band to a progressive metal band that's trying to be the right chord. Yeah, know, it's yeah. Just like, <laughs> it's like... I wasn't having fun. I really wasn't having fun with it, you know. It was. Yeah. I still enjoyed it, but it just wasn't the same thing. When you're trying to force stuff, it, it like doesn't. In, in Itcon, it's yeah. really to me, it's been a natural progression. You know, we've kind of mm-hmm. you listen to the first EP, the second album, the second, the, our full length. The, I feel like we rushed it way too fast. Like we didn't put enough time into the songs. It's one of those I would almost really like to go back and rewrite the songs, and but I don't want to because they are what they are. Yeah, no, it's it. yeah. But at the same time, like we've thrown that idea about maybe taking a few of those and kind of you know update them a little bit. Yeah, yeah. but it's like no, dude, those are a timestamp of where we were as a band at that yep. time. Like we don't play live. We don't play hardly anything off our full length. We play almost every song off the original EP because that was more of what we are now as a band mm-hmm. truthfully you know stylistic wise and and just we were starting to incorporate a little bit more of the th- we had more of the thrashy elements i guess in that where the second album we you know i hate to say it my guitar player was in love with i killed the prom queen and parkway drive so a lot of our stuff oh no we were trying to do that <laughs> stuff no i love that music don't get me wrong but yeah, it just no. was like they were all those type of riff, you know it was yeah, a very yeah. a lot of those type of riffs mm-hmm. and it was it was kind of stagnant a little bit to the point where yeah now it really feels like we've kind of found that sweet spot for us yeah where it's all the stuff we like thrown into a blender and Every song will be maybe have just a little bit of a different vibe to it, but they still sound like us. Yeah. But it's all of our influences, and we can say, all right, let's do, all right, this song's kind of a little more of the death metal side. Great, cool, let's do it. This song's a little more like metalcore. Cool, let's do that. You know, yeah. it's just, and I've been enjoying that. Yeah, no, it's always cool, man. Like, I mean, the stuff we're doing right now is just, I think it's a good blend to everything we've done and. And the the songs sound a lot more uniform, uh, and Sounds that's like pretty an cool. Sounds like actual album that was written cohesively together. Yeah, not <laughs> that not that the ones we have haven't been cohesively written together. It's just we like so much shit. Like Ryan and I are we 
we're constantly showing each other bands and or, you guys and like bands that I've never even heard of, dude. I I know <laughs> like I'm a metalhead. I've been a metalhead for a long time, and you'll see occasionally you guys are like reeling off bands, and I'm just like, I have no fucking clue who the hell you're talking about, dude. <laughs> like a lot of the bands I'm aware of, I know them. I've never listened to them. Yeah, you yeah. know, I know who they, at least I know who they are. Oh yeah. But yeah. you're like naming bands. Oh, this band's been around for forty years. And this is so and so. I'm like, I fucking no clue, dude. No clue, dude. <laughs> yeah, that that comes from you know, being a, a child of the the burgeoning, like, like when the internet really hit and you could download everything. And like, I was, I was online through middle school, through high school, just downloading as much weird shit as I could find. Like yeah. just See, constantly. I was in my 20s before the internet. Yeah. Really, yeah. Like, early twenties before the internet really was like a yeah. thing. I mean like late nineties, early two thousands. So I was in my late teens, early twenties when the internet was a thing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like, we didn't even have internet up here until, like, 98, 96, 90, well, 96, 97, I think was when yeah. I first got on the interweb at school and was like, ooh. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, I, it, we, I think I was in, like, fourth grade we got our first internet, because that's when I was playing, I, I, would, I remember playing Doom with my aunt on, <laughs> uh, we played, we, we uh, she lived in, uh, where did she live? She lived in. Uh, Eddington, and and we were living in Bangor, and I was like, I'm playing Doom with my aunt online. Like this is crazy, but I mean, and not only that, but like when I was younger, I would go to like Strawberries or or Sam Goody and or Bull Moose, and and I would find a band I liked, and I would look at the back, and I'd see the label, and I'd say, okay, I need to find all the other bands that are on this label, and I'll buy their CDs too, and that led me to a lot of cool shit like. Big one was High on Fire. High on Fire, and that's still a huge influence, and I love High on Fire. They're one of my favorite fucking bands, but, like, they were one, I saw the Relapse logo on something, and I was like, I remember picking up, uh, I think it was Surrounded by Thieves, or the second one, and just listening to that fucking intro for that record, it, it, I was just like, well, yeah, this is it. You know, like, this is it. <laughs> like, yes, yeah. But, See, I never based out anything off labels, because I don't think I really, that, like, what I, I was like, eight or nine when I really started like getting into music. Cause all my yeah. friends were quite a bit older. So I used to just get like, again, I'm dating myself on age here, but they would give me tapes with like simple turn, suicidal tendencies and DRI yeah. and friggin' the butthole surfers and the mist, you know, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how I found out about bands. And then, you know, did write down on the track list, uh, Megadeth, rust in peace. Uh, mm-hmm. Lights, camera, revolution, whatever, and then I'd be like, okay, that's suicide. I like that band, and then I would go out and try to find the albums, and my mother would promptly tell me I couldn't listen to any of those. Yeah, my mom was like that because you know it was uh, at that point, and I listened to them anyway. So they finally just gave up. <laughs> Same, yeah. For I got lucky. My dad loved fucking heavy metal. He still does, but like my dad was a was a Hesher when he was younger. He was just a madman partier. He, I mean, he went and see. He's seen Maiden multiple times. He's seen Priest in their prime. Uh, and when I grew up, when I was young, there was always heavy metal in in the cassette deck. And a, the most important band for me, for, for my formative years of, of being young, was White Zombie. White Zombie, it, like, Le Sexorcisto was such a... I remember hearing that, that for the first time in Boston, of all places. Yeah. My cousins and just going... 
what the hell is this? I was like, this yeah. is really cool, man. Dude, <laughs> hearing like, that, and then when Astro Creep came out, and like that was, you know, that I was like, this is what I, I like, love. This is like, 90, yeah, 92, I think was Los Exorcisto, yeah. and 95 was Astro Creep, yeah. I think. But yeah, because uh, I think I was a freshman in high school when Los Exorcisto came out, because I. I remember being at my cousin's, like I said, visiting. We would go down there, and there was this awesome radio station in Boston. And they just played, like, dude, I remember hearing, like, the Butthole Surfers on there and friggin' White Zombie and just, yeah. just a, like, a bunch of different stuff. that Like, you never heard that in Maine. No, no. Like, these were these were just, like, when these bands were just starting to break. And I remember having, like, um, the first Corn album. Dude, yeah, that's a, that the, was the first corn album I heard. There used to be a show called Pure Concrete with Eddie Trunk. Yep, and I remember him playing Blind, and I remember hearing that song and just being like, "What the fuck is this, dude?" And yeah, I was like, the next day I went down to freaking Strawberries and I bought a copy of the yep. album, and I was like, I remember having it before anybody else knew. I remember running into my buddy Aaron and we were talking about something and. He's like, what are you guys doing? I was like, oh, we're listening to this band Corn. He's like, I just picked up this Marilyn Manson album, which was Portrait of, Amer- uh, of an American Family. And just another incredible record. Like him yep, going, yep. you know, and him going, well, he's like, have you heard this? And I'm like, no. And he's like, played like Cake and Sodomy, I think. It's like something. a trailer tra- trailer park fucking nightmare, dude. Like, that's what, <laughs> that's what that record sounds like. It just sounds like the worst parts of a trailer park. It's scary. And I played <laughs> him Corn, and I remember <laughs> playing him Corn and him just being like, what the fuck, dude? He's the, like, yeah, the fir- that guitar is like the angriest thing I've yeah. ever fucking heard. The, you know, the first corn for me was "Life Is Peachy," and that was my my buddy at the time, Dominic, had a he had a cassette, he had a, the cassette of "Life Is Peachy," and he's like, "You gotta hear this song," and he put "Twist" on, and I was like, "Ah!" He's you know, like, like scat, I, <laughs> I was like metal ten or eleven years old, and I was just like, "Ah!" You know, like, <laughs> I don't care what anybody says about corn, dude. Those first few albums are heavy as fuck, man. Absolutely, dude. Every everything up to to issues, I love. You know, I did, I liked issues. All right, yeah. it, it took a long, long time. I think I was I young. On me. I I was I was like sixth grade when issues came out, so that's probably why you know. When well, I, I was I was like twenty. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but like. Issues, I was like, I like it, but it's not like over time. I've come to appreciate it, and then, but since then, there's they've never really put out anything since then for me that really has ever like really yeah. hit with me. There's some songs I like off yeah. some of their later yeah. albums, yeah. but as far as just like those first four fucking albums, dude, for me, mm-hmm. first three especially, yeah, yeah, are are like, dude, they're they're fucking just bad ass from start to finish out oh yeah no absolutely yeah by the time untouchables had come out i was like full-on like i had found like cannibal corpse and stuff like that and i was like this shit sucks i want to listen to death metal listen to this radio rock bullshit yeah but i mean when i when i was younger like the i was really some of the like the most the, the bands that hit me the most were definitely like the new metal bands but also like those industrial bands like Nine Inch Nails, Manson Ministry, Fear Factory, Fear Factory was a huge dude. Getting obs, I remember hearing obsolete, obsolete for the first <laughs> fucking time. That bass tone, dude, oh my god! Just, that was the, other than maybe Corn. That was the first time I ever really remember hearing a bass tone that was almost as raunchy as the guitar. Yeah, 
Yeah. But it just was like, oh, dude, that's just... Yeah. I heard, the first time I heard Fear Factory was in a skate video, and someone someone had used Edge Crusher, and I was like, I need that, I need that album. Like, I, I need that. And then shortly after, I think Digimortal came out, and I, I know a lot of people probably don't like that record as much as, like, like Demanufacture and... And Still and obsolete. The one with on it. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I listened to the shit out of that record, and there's some like really good tracks on that. But yeah, I, for me personally, like Lynchpin, there was like Lynchpin and uh, Dark Bodies, and and uh, there was like three songs on it that I remember yeah. really, really digging a lot. The yeah. other ones I was just like, eh. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know? But I mean, going back and listening to Demanufacture, that's like, dude, that, that's like pretty much that's heavy as fuck for the time. You oh, yeah. think about it, like it's it's almost death metal to the to a point. Like it's and, I, and when they started out, they were they were more of a death metal band. Yeah, I remember hearing that. I remember, yeah, it, it, it's weird. It's like super weird because I I was bombarded with such a freaking like plethora of music as a kid. Like my mom was really into like Conway Twitty and Kenny yeah. Rogers. <laughs> So, dude, I grew up on that, but my dad was really into, like, Creedence Clearwater Revival mm-hmm. and classic rock, and my sisters are all quite a bit older than me, so I got everything from, like, Boston to Twisted Sister, Poison, yep. Guns N' Roses, like, you know, dude, that, yeah. that stuff. So I kind of, like, I always had all this different stuff, and because all my friends were older, I was in fourth and fifth grade, they were in middle school, and they were all listening to, like I said, like, Suicidal Tendencies, Metallica, mm-hmm. Megadeth. I remember being in fourth grade, having my Injustice for All Damage Justice shirt on, you know, getting in trouble from the teachers for wearing my, because they had skulls on them, and they were all, yep, you yep. know. But it was just, as soon as, it was, the thing with metal is, for me, the first, like, heavy band I really ever remember hearing was Twisted Sister. Oh, yeah. I used to steal my sister's Stay Hungry tape all the time. Such just a good album. Like, that whole album still kicks Such ass Such a good today, album. Man. Shouts out to D. I met D once, and he was a cool motherfucker. <laughs> so, <laughs> but, 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 you know, it's like, so Twisted Sister was like the first real heavy band, and then I remember, you know, of course, like, the hair metal bands, getting into that stuff, but then I remember my buddy, my buddies playing, like, I remember the first time I heard Metallica, that was like, life. Mm-hmm. People Same. say, I know people like, oh, that's so cliche, blah, 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 but it's like, dude, for that time period, yeah, the first time I heard Metallica was, was I think when Justice just had come out, yeah, and I remember hearing that, and I just was like, "Holy shit, you, what you is this?" Could dude? not touch that band at that point. I always get a kick out of people shit talking Metallica, <laughs> and then I and then I, I you know I wanted to say to them like, "What were you doing when you were like?" fucking 22 years old did you write ride the lightning those guys were so young. fucking young yeah. they were so young and right ride is my personal favorite same okay. yeah yeah i it, mean don't get me wrong i mean master of puppets is a fucking masterpiece and i will say this i think master of puppets is probably a better album as far as just production yeah songs etc ride the lightning is like the go-to metallica album for me because I fucking love every song on that album. Yeah, it'll always be my favorite. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah, it's just, that was... I get weird looks when I tell people that. They're like, whoa, pun, pun. I was like, no, dude, no. lightning. I got I got Justice and Ride the Lightning first, and then I got Kill Em All and then Puppets mm-hmm. in Garage Days. And 
like those five albums, dude. I fucking there was no lettering left on the tapes. No, nope, yep. I didn't fucking know which side was which anymore because they were. Oh, dude, yeah, they were so worn out, man. We that for me, it was like when I first got my CD player. I think it was like fifth grade. We were on a trip, and it was me and my cousin. We, we grew up together. We we're pretty much like brothers. But we were in my uncle's car, his his dad, and he had the first. He had he had kill them all through justice and we took a trip to connecticut and we both had our cd players and we literally just switched metallica cds between ourselves <laughs> and just listened to them over and over and over and over that was the first time i I'd, I'd really like you know i'd heard the black album i'd heard enter sandman who hasn't you I know think like, the first song i ever heard by metallica i think was blackened yeah just you know that fucking open riff that just I remember hearing that and just going oh my god that is so fast it was just like holy shit you know and of course then I just went down the slippery slope of Metallica what other bands are like Metallica my buddies would be like oh I got this band called Nuclear Assault and Testament you ever heard these guys and so you just like practice what you preach. Just and then Slayer, of course. Slayer, and, yeah, no, Megadeth and all that. And like I yeah. said, and, and like I actually discovered like Maiden and Priest way after I heard like Metallica and all. The, I was in like high school, I think, before I ever really listened to any of the yeah. more like. Well, Maiden, I think, was like seventh or eighth grade. Mm-hmm. But Priest and some of those other bands, man. I was a little bit older before I really ever got into those bands. They were they were they were mainstays for me because my dad, you know, I, uh, Unleashed in the East was always we were always listening to that in the car. Peace of Mind, my favorite Maiden record, always listen. My dad's favorite. We were always listening to that. Always we, you know, like it. it and Power Power Slaves probably my favorite. Yeah, Power Slaves. I I think it's just the memories I have of oh, Peace yeah, of Mind. Yeah. You know, well, like. My dad, I remember my dad going out and we went, we went to strawberries and he, he was like, yeah, let's get this. He's like, I haven't listened to this Maiden CD or this album. I don't think it, I think it was a tape at the time. We were going yard sailing one day and he's like, yeah, let's get this. And we just listened to peace of mind all day. And it was like the cool dude. I just remember. That's it. Dude. Up. I mean, up until fear of the, pretty much all their albums up until fear of the dark are fucking gold. I mean, just amazing. Yeah. They they were so consistent with just being writing amazing albums. Yeah, I don't know what happened. <laughs> the last couple, dude, like I don't like hate the last few albums, but they put out. But it's like, yeah. dude, it's like every song is like fourteen minutes, and they don't need to be. No, it's yeah. Like, I, I mean, they get to, they. It's like those bands; they've already done it all. Do you do whatever yeah, the hell you yeah. want? But at the same, I time, still love them, you know. And I still there's still record like like Brave New World and Dance of Death. Those are fucking cool records. I like those ones more than any of the other new ones that they've done. Yeah. Um, but I don't really, like, as far as I go from from the self-titled all the way up to Seventh Son, those are the only ones I, I listen to regularly. See, I got, I got hooked on, for me, I discovered Maiden because of, I used to do the artwork thing where the artwork looked cool. Oh, yeah. Same. That's I, I grab it. So my first Maiden album was No Prayer for the Dying. Yeah. So that will always forever be my favorite Maiden album because I wore that out, and that's what made me a Maiden fan. And then I went back and started, you know, I got like Seventh Sign, Power Slave Somewhere in Time, Number of the Beast, you know, just grabbing all those albums. But it was... Uh, <laughs> And for 
the longest time, I didn't know they had a different singer at the beginning because I remember I bought the Killers CD. Dude. CDs were just starting to yeah. come out. And I remember throwing that out and going, that's not Bruce Dickinson. Who the fuck? And this is pre-internet, <laughs> so I'm like, who the fuck is this dude? It's Paul, like, dude. Yeah, no. I hated that album for the longest time because it wasn't Bruce Dickinson. Yeah, yeah. You know, that when I got a little older, you know, Iron Maiden and Killers... I fucking love those songs. Yeah, no, cool. those first two records with Paul are, are fucking awesome. Well, there's some, in the Rue Morgue is yeah. one of my favorite fucking yep. Maiden songs ever, dude, you know? Yeah, there's some. There's a lot of fucking awesome classic tracks on the, those records. and It's still Maiden, it just, it just threw me for such a loop here. Yeah, it's just, just not as operatic. <laughs> yeah, no. no, 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 he's, yeah. It was, yeah, it was, it was so weird, man, it was, uh. But I'm thankful that I had all those different influences and just different types of music and shit. And just yeah. Because like, yeah. it makes me appreciate. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. I have a lot of friends that do, they listen to hardcore, and that's it. They listen to metal, that's it. How boring My playlist goes be. from fucking Mozart to Cannibal Corpse. I know, I'm you know, listening or, to, dude, or I'm. Or Napalm Death or whatever, you know, it's like. I'm constantly listening to just, like, I'm, I'm always looking for new shit. And, and. And it's just like, it's just a never ending thing, you know, like I'm, I'm always trying to find like the next most like crazy thing I can find, but I'm also going back and like listening to friggin' classic rock or, or, or just like, it, I, like just weird shit, you know, like, uh, I get in these moods where it's like, I'm like, I'll get into a, on a wicked, like ska and punk kick and that's yeah. all I'll listen to for a fucking month. And then I won't listen to Scott and Punk for fucking a year before I listen to it again. And then there's other times where it's like, I've got something like 6,000 6, songs or something saved on my Spotify list. And I'm just like, random. Yep. <laughs> it's just like, yep. well, throw it at me. I got everything from John Carpenter's shit on there to like, oh, you know, yeah. fucking Cannibal and Behemoth and friggin' johnny cat and fucking mozart and yeah. whatever you know but it's just like i don't know dude those carpenter soundtracks are so good dude i fucking love john what caused me as a kid to just love synthesizers man yeah. hearing john carpenter scores was what made me want to score stuff because some... i was like dude that's so cool it's not I love orchestral scores. Yeah, yeah. But I just love that just down and the whole vibe. Like, yeah, and it's know? just like his stuff's always so simple, but it's so perfect. Like the the friggin' uh, the, the the soundtrack for Assault on Precinct Thirteen. It's just like you hear that, and you're just like, "Fuck yeah!" I'm in like this like dirty like seventies like just jail romp well, like think, it's like you, know, it's you like, even think of halloween how simple dude some of his so iconic is. you know that done done yeah dun, 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 oh my god dude but, but every time you hear that dude just makes the hair chills on every, time, every time dude i do the first halloween is literally i could watch it every day so what still, is your favorite carpenter film is it halloween no that's no. the thing the thing and and it and, and that's because that was one of the first horror movies my dad and me really watched together and yeah. and and not only that i think it's just it's it's a perfect movie it's so good and it's, so good. it's it's it literally does it starts off and does not let up and the tension's always there and it's just like and and then when it starts kicking in and all all the rob botine effects and just like 
Dude, I remember watching the 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 fucking the operating table scene. Or, oh, like, dude, that jumped the ever-loving shit out of me the first time that I saw Jesus that. Jesus Christ, when he dude! Goes yeah. to hit him with the I know <laughs> it's just so perfect, man. And there's you like, just I don't know. I can't say enough. I I will those the early Carpenter movies. I would never tire of. He's definitely my favorite director of all time. I I I love John Carpenter. I would be scared to meet him because I feel like he's an angry old man. But I still love. Yeah, I feel like he's the type of dude you could probably sit down and just smoke a J with. Yeah, him yeah. And just shoot the shit, and he'd probably be kind of cool to hang out with. But him. he yeah. throws off that scary kind of intimidating vibe. Well, yeah, he's. I mean, he's. I don't know. He's just. He he knows how to do it, and he's he's done it, and he's made some of the most classic horror, f- like just some of the most iconic. Some of the most iconic, and just literally continue. Like, Halloween was pretty early on for him. Like, like he did the Elvis movie. Yeah, he was with Kurt. Yeah, with yeah, Kurt. yeah, yeah. Then but, Assault, then Halloween, right? Yes, yes. Did Assault he, was before Halloween, yeah. and before that was was um. Oh, uh, Dark Star. Dark Star, Dark yeah. Star, yeah. But which, if anybody hit out there listening to the show, because. <laughs> Hasn't ever seen Dark Star. It's the greatest use of a beach ball ever <laughs> in, in a freaking movie. It, dude, it was basically a student film, man. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking brilliant it's for great. what it is. Yep. It reminds me very much of like Red Dwarf. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very so, much yep, reminds yep. me of like Red Dwarf. Yep. So. But I mean, to go from from Halloween and just like keep continuously like pushing the envelope, and the, you know, his his latter like late eighties, early nineties output. He did some really off the wall shit, like, like they live. See now that is my yeah. favorite Carpenter movie, and yeah, because it was probably see again. I fell into that weird spot of when I started watching horror because nobody in my family watched horror. Yeah, I kind of discovered it on my own, which was like nineteen ninety. Like I've, I've said many times on the show, I discovered Night of the Living Dead ninety, The Misfits, oh, and Stephen so King in the same like. Like time frame, dude, and that just cemented me Sa- as being a nerd. Savini's Night of the Living Dead, I I, 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 love, I love it so much, love dude. Love it. It's what yeah. to me that is like probably. I watch it more than the, than original, the original. I, I, I definitely do. do. I, <laughs> I appreciate the shit out of the original, oh, same. and I yeah. love it. But to me, I prefer the remake over the original. Yeah. Just because, but again, it was what made me fall in love with horror. I remember watching that. Mm-hmm. That scared the shit out of me. You got to remember, I was like. I would have been like 11 mm-hmm. or 12 at the time I watched it by myself in my house. I lived in the middle of the woods and I was home by myself back in the day. You know, when you were a kid, you could stay home by yourself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like I remember watching that and that just scared the shit out of me. Oh, it my God. Like yeah. I, uh, you know, and then, yeah. like I said, I discovered the Misfits and I discovered Stephen King and because of the Misfits, whether you like them or not, I discovered so many movies because of that band. Oh, yeah. It was just like, oh, well, what's this song about? Oh, this is about... Astro Zombies. Vampire? Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll yeah watch you that. find all, you know, all the references in the songs. And, yeah. you know, even as I got older, I, would, I still would hear something and be like, Oh, that's this movie that they took this from. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Now I know where that idea came from. 
Yeah, for for me with with horror movies, like the the start was definitely my dad. You know, he he bought me my first horror movies. He took me to the store and let me rent whatever I wanted. <laughs> he took me to the movies and let me watch whatever I wanted. Yeah. And it was he brought me home my first copy of Dawn of the Dead. I was in fourth grade, and he was like, "We're gonna watch this," and you know if. I, I know it's probably not appropriate for you, but just don't tell your mother. She'll kill me. And it was literally like the most. That's a that's a pretty fucking long movie. It's like almost two and a half hours two and long. Half hours and long but I was yeah. fucking glued to the screen. I'd never. I was just like, this is what I. I love this. This is what I want. And I remember him bringing home. I I watched the Evil Dead movies backwards. So I watched Army of Darkness, Darkness yeah. first. And, and then went backwards from there. But, Christ, I remember watching the first Evil Dead for the first time. That movie, like, that just exudes evil, dude. That's just an evil fucking movie. Like, it's just creepy as fuck. Like, it, and it, for all its, like, cheap cheapness, it definitely is just, a, a, just like, a vile movie. You know movie. what movie I fucking feel like that about is The Beyond. Oh my god, dude! Yeah, and that's another. When I started, when I started going to Suncoast in oh, in the mall, in the yes. mall, and I would see all those Italian movies, and then I, you know, I remember pre- looking at Zombie for the longest time, and like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. Like that cover, dude. It was just like, yeah, I don't know. That looks like that might be a little too extreme for my likings at that time. You know, it was like, yeah. Now it the the one the first one. I saw at Suncoast was was City of the Living Dead, and that was who the fuck did that? I can't remember one of the Italian dudes. And oh, that was that was Fulci. No, it it, it wasn't. Not that City of the Living Dead. No, yeah, it was. You're talking about the black and white one. Oh shit! What the fuck was it? I. Oh, it's uh, um. I have to look it up. <laughs> I, I know not Bruno Mattai. No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, hold on, I'm using the internet, everyone, because I have a shit. We have a, a shit Google brain. machine right in front of us. Oh no, City of the Living Dead was Fulci. Yeah, what yeah. the fuck was the one? I know which one you're talking about. It had like the green zombie. Nightmare face. City. Nightmare City. Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Yeah, the Nightmare City, uh, which is shit. Who did that? It's gonna. It was Lindsay. Umberto Lindsay. That was the, the the first one I I saw like on the on the shelf and I remember seeing that cover there dude yeah. so many times just like what the fuck is this Yeah I never heard of this again pre-internet so it's not yeah. like and I didn't read Fangoria back then or really know anything I discovered everything by accident Same yeah It was yeah. all like walking through the video store and being like ooh what is this movie right here okay cool I'm going to Fucking check out Redneck Zombies. What is this? You know, <laughs> maybe not some of the greatest selections, but it's how I learned to love trashy shit movies. You know. Well, like you, you know, you were a child of the the VHS days God, too. I miss walking, spending an the covers, hour, man. Hour and a half walking up and down the aisles, just looking at the covers. The covers. Just like, going. I based and, and you know as well as I do. And Dan and I were talking about this the last time he was up. 90% of the time, the fucking cover was a thousand times better than the movie. Yeah, oh, yeah. Was. You yep. Know? 100%. Dude. I remember movies that I had never even seen. I vividly know what the covers look like. Yep. Yep. No, yeah. I for I remember walking through, there was a um, there was a movie gallery on State Street, 
a sort of like diagonal from where Papa Gambino's was, and I yeah. used to I used to frequent that all the time and seeing the cover of uh, Night of the Demons and being like that. Oh man, I gotta watch that movie, and that movie is like totally bonkers, and I love it. It's like, it's one of the things where like the cover lived up to the movie, but um, I rented so many movies back in the day that I don't even remember the movies, but I still remember the covers. Oh yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like the cover for the movie The Kindred. Yes, yeah. It's one of the freakiest, the original VHS guy. I'm assuming it was the original VHS. Guy. Yeah, with the bottle and the, the I have the I have the Kindred. Yeah, dude, yeah. That was that was such a fucked up, but such a cool cover, you know. That's a pretty weird fucking movie. Like it's just a weird I, I movie. I never actually rented that. Really? I've never seen it. I think, but I remember I vividly fucking yeah. remember picking that up at yeah. least a half a dozen times and being like. I'll have to lend it I've to got, you sometime. I've got dude. this and this. Which yeah. one do I want to rent? Type deal. I always would end up going with whatever else I had. But. Yeah. No, I'll have to. I'll have to lend it to you because it's it's pretty rad. But I think I want to say Synapse or Severin has the rights to do it, and it's just been in like limbo dude, you forever. Know what I'm, I'm excited about that's coming out. I think Severin's putting it out. <laughs> You're gonna fucking laugh. It's not a horror movie per se, really. <laughs> but is the Barbarians? Dude, yeah, yeah, that's um. They're finally getting a fucking release of that. I'm so excited about oh, that. I think that might be Scorpion that's Scorpion, doing that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. With the the twins, the, the bodybuilding. The bar- yeah, I, used, I rented that movie like every other time I went to the video store. If I couldn't find something that I wanted to rent, that's what I rented. Yeah. I wore, I. Probably watched that movie like 50 times as a kid. Oh, yeah. And I have a really shitty, like, bootleg v- DVD copy that was ripped from a VHS. Yeah, it's, yep. it's fucking horrible. You can barely watch <laughs> it. It's so bad. But I don't care. It's the only, only fucking way I can watch it. Yeah. So I was looking through something the other day, and I'm like, <gasps> I'm like, that's hard, you know, I'll, I'll shell out $40 for that because that's like one of my favorites. It's a guilty pleasure favorite, dude. You know, Absolutely, yeah, no, it's cool. That movie right there is what I'm waiting for the special treatment of because it needs, which I, of course, this is a podcast, so everybody can see what I'm pointing at. Oh, yes, that one. <laughs> that, one that one right there, you all know what I'm talking about. I'm pointing to my Near Dark poster. Uh, that's one of those movies that needs, like, that deluxe 4K restoration nine bazillion bonus features you'll get it eventually uh, it sucks a lot of those really rad movies are just like hindered by like licensing and oh, like like dawn of the dead yeah. and i had to I, I ordered i'm so pissed i ever got rid of my dvd copy of that oh yeah i had the, yep. that special edition anchor bay the big box yep yeah. yep yeah oh. i've got just the standard anchor bay i've got the tape and the and the dvd but I ordered that second site, the European one, the fucking seven disc set, <laughs> which I think it'll be out in November. But I'm like wicked stoked for that. Must have a region B player. You have a region three player. I am going to buy one specifically. <laughs> I was say, you, you might need to buy yourself a region. That player. yeah, that's one of those things I've been putting off until. But I, I mean, hate that dude because I so often I'll see these badass discs get put out like. Dude. Germany or friggin' whatever. What, it, what like, are, you, are you stoked for for that 4K Tremors release, man? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna buy it. Because the first Tremors fucking rules. But... Dude, the first, two, the first two Tremors are badass. I, I enjoy them all yeah. on like a cheesy fun level. Mm-hmm. But one and two to me are fucking... Oh, yeah. They're just awesome, awesome. They were always on, t- always on TV, so I watched them all constantly. The time. Oh, yeah. Constantly. That was one of the first... I, I think one of the first actual like horror, horror VHSs 
I ever bought. Yep. I bought that in uh, Dawn of the Dead were the first two yep. that I ever bought on VHS. And it was the really shitty license Dawn of the Dead, so it wasn't the greatest transfer on the planet, but I did not care. No, it doesn't <laughs> matter because you, yeah. It didn't matter. I had a copy of Dawn. I bought that at Suncoast. Yeah, dude, yeah. Suncoast was, was the spot. Like, I, I remember going there buying, like, Dead Next Door and, and just, like, <laughs> Seeing all the ridiculous, like, splattery covers, and I, I miss Suncoast. That's another movie right there. Fucking Suncoast. Oh, uh, yes. Delamorte, Delamore. Yeah, uh, the, it's, it, Arrow, I feel like Arrow did it in Europe, and it was a nice set. I remember. There, there is, on Diabolic right now, there is a Blu-ray, and it's, it's region free. Really? There is. So I haven't bought it yet, but it's there. It I might. I have it on DVD, so I. My buddy Ryan tracked down a DVD for me yeah. a couple of years ago because I'm like, dude, I've been looking forever because I used to have it on DVD. Unfortunately, that was part of my massive collection that got purged because I needed heating oil and heating oil was ungodly expensive. Yep. And the only thing I had to get rid of was my movies. So I've been there, my man. massive horror collection pretty much got some, like, I can't even remember, dude. I At that time, I would, I was buying five or six movies a week you Dude, know yeah. because all i did was work and watch movies i didn't do anything else yep. and at that time and that's when dvds were finally affordable and you could get all this crazy shit you'd never seen before yeah. so i just had a massive collection and i had to get rid of it because well i didn't want to freeze to death and it was really cold so yep <laughs> i got rid of a lot of movies and it sucks because so many of those now have never been released on blu-ray nope. and they're almost impossible to find on dvd so we're in a, we're in a pretty we're in a golden age right now though where the, we have all these boutique labels like Arrow, Scream Factory, Vinegar Syndrome, um, like uh, uh, they're they're just Synapse, Severin. They're doing like the most insane weird movie. You would never think that they would. This movie's getting like the grand treat. Yeah, you know? yeah. Those blue underground like nice big like oh, I see your zombie oh, like it and i and i got looks so good yeah dude. house by the cemetery i just snagged that one new york ripper i got that one all those fulci ones and and it's just now you're like this movie's never gonna get released and then look, there's a giant fucking 4k six disc box of it. You <laughs> like, know, the thing, but the thing is they know their market and most of them only release so many copies of it and then they're gone you know? yeah so they don't oversaturate the market, which is good and bad, because one, it drives up the price, which yeah. I'm not going to bitch about the price of them, because for what they do to those films oh, yeah. and the extras, if you're a cinephile, especially a genre cinephile, it is fucking worth, it's worth it. every, every fucking penny. Every single one. Did Dude, you? I, I bought, uh, I just got the Screen Factory release of The Blob. Yeah, we got we got that one too. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, Thirteen Ghosts, which I'm actually well, yeah, we snagged I'm that one. Yeah, yeah. Thirteen yep. Ghosts tonight. Um, yeah, but because I started my horathon, so I I I just started that Saturday. Um, but yeah, so I'm doing movies of the 2000s this year. Yeah. So everything from 2000 on. So a lot of these movies, I I'm trying to watch a lot of shit I haven't seen, but I'm all because I've missed a lot of movies just because. Mm-hmm. But there's also a lot of like ones that I love that I don't go back to as frequently as I probably should. Because yep. there's so much new shit to watch all the time. I I like to go back and watch stuff, but I'm at that point now where 
some of these movies I've seen so many times. Oh my god, yeah, I know. That I yeah. just, it's not that I don't love the movie, but I can almost recite them verbatim, so yep. it's like, I my viewings are a lot further in between than they used to be, you know? Yep, yep. No, There's I, a few that doesn't matter getting thrown on every year. Like, I watch Jaws every year. Same, yep. I watch Dog Soldiers every year, because Great that's one, one yep. of my fucking favorites. That's a good one, man. You know, I there's certain films that I will watch every year, no matter what. But there's a lot of them now. I'm finding myself just being like, I can watch this or I can watch that. Well, I haven't seen this yet, so I'm gonna throw this one on. I I, that will yeah. be there tomorrow if I like. You know, I don't need to watch Scream again. <laughs> I really don't need to watch Dude, that again. Did you again. Uh, pre-order your box set for the Friday the Thirteenth? I was gonna ask you that. Yes, I did. I, I did. You go to Bull Moose? No. Or you just did you order? I haven't ordered it because it's like I've been. Just put your name in at Bull Moose. You get one. Yeah. Just be, and then then it'll be on hold for you, and and you can pick it up. You won't have to get it right then, but that's what I did because I saw everyone ordering it from the Screen Factory site, and it was cool. Like they had the what is it, the lithographs that come the, with the, it. Yeah, the limited edition, which sold out like but, instantly. But, but they made, I think they made thirteen thousand of them, and then they were like, I feel like the response was so good that they manufactured they sold, more. They sold out within yeah. like the first fucking twelve hours yeah. or some insane. And it's not like for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, this is a big deal. Like. Uh, Scream Factory got the rights to all of the Friday yeah. the 13th, not just the not just the Paramount ones, the New Line ones, Freddy mm-hmm. versus Jason, the remake, got them all. That's a big deal to get all of them. They're all in one box set. They have just an insane amount of extras. Uh, the first five or six are restored. Yeah, and they actually found uncut like gore footage i want to say it was the part second two. one yeah, part two part yeah, two yeah. yeah they found they caught like it was literally weeks before they were supposed to put this shit together and they contacted one of the dudes that had worked on it and he's like yeah i have a vhs tape and they went through this like i don't know if you read the little the little blurb but they went through this like really crazy process to extract this tape and like they had to like cook the vhs tape and separate the tape oh, and like wow. it was like like no margin for error, but they got this like really nice transfer from that tape of all the cut, like gore and wow. stuff. So and and, and they they could only find that for part seven, dude. I know, yeah, but I mean, there's <laughs> it, that thing is fucking loaded, and it'll be well worth the whatever. What is it? Twenty nine or hundred fifty nine, something like that. Thirty yeah. forty bucks. It, it's gonna cost. You know, my like, whole thing is right now. This is my whole thing. I'm getting my roof fixed. I'm waiting to get my quote on my roof. Yeah. I have. Like, it sucks, because I have the money to get it. Yeah. And I'm not the type that would spend that type of money normally, but that's, like, my favorite slasher well, franchise yeah, yeah, ever, yeah. dude. And I've watched those movies so many times. But it's like, to have them all in one complete box set with all this extra footage restored, the whole friggin' deal, it's like, that would be worth me spending the money on. But at the same time, I don't want to spend money I need to get my roof fixed. No, yeah. And I then be, be yeah. you know, a little short. I'm, so that's basically what's holding me up from being able to get this. I'm with you. I'm. Time. I. Uh, I got to get heating oil, and I think I. I've got enough that I. I probably don't need to get it my next pay period, but it's one of those. It, one of those things where it's like you know. Wear a sweater. You'll be fine. I know. Yeah. No. No. I've got <laughs> that's enough. What they made hoodies for. Right? I've got enough. It's been warm. We haven't. I've, I've got at least twenty band hoodies. I'll be fine. But Later. like, Later. I. <laughs> I kick myself every day for not getting that halloween set that 
that Scream Factory did because now that's out of print. Yeah. You can't get that. So I was like, if, if I'm going to get a big set, I need to get that. I missed you know? a lot of the early Scream Factory stuff because yeah. that was before I was really like, because I kind of got out of, after I sold off all my stuff, there was a four or five year period, man. I didn't buy hardly anything yeah. for movies. And then I started back probably around 2015 or so there. I started actually like buying films and yeah. stuff again. And, yeah. I which I think is when I kind of first really started, met you. Yeah, when, yeah. When you used yeah. to work at Bull Moose, I'd always see you in there. I was always chatting up with people who were buying horror movies. In fact, that is how I met my fiance, and now we have a child. Because our mutual love of horror movies, which is very, yeah, and I didn't really start getting back into collecting until we started dating, and then I, it was kind of like, well, I have this person that likes all the same shit as me, so, like, I want to show her all the stuff she hasn't seen, and... Dude, I feel like, lucky, yeah. because Cassie's the same way, like, yeah. she loves horror almost as much as I do. Granted, she leans a little bit more towards certain stuff than I do, yeah, and vice yeah. versa, but there's a happy medium middle, like, it's horror, dude, I'm, I'm good, like... It's cool because she's a little bit younger than me, so there's a lot of stuff that I grew up on that she hasn't seen, yeah. and there's a lot of stuff she's seen that I haven't seen. So it's 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 really cool. And Autumn is her daughter is um, she's ten. She always wants to watch horror with us, but I'm like, it's it, she's at that age. Like her mom lets her watch some stuff, but yeah, what her mom watches and what I watch is very different. Very yeah very yeah. Different. You know, um, she'll always be like pointing at something and be like, "Can we watch this?" I'm like, "No, no, we can't." No, uh, yeah. No, maybe in another three or four years, you know, yeah. you'll be old enough. My son's starting to get old enough now that I have to be wary of what's on the television, <laughs> and you know, he's he he'll you'll catch him every once in a while. He'll be watching something and he's just like glued to the screen, and it's like, no. Don't look at that. No, no. <laughs> I don't want you to have nightmares for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, no, it's. It, it's it's tough sometimes. So, like last year, we watched uh, we watched them for the first. You know, yeah. I figured that might be a good good one to throw on for. You know, it's black and white. It's just about a giant grasshoppers, uh, ants. Sorry. Yeah. Giant ants. You know, because I had bought the Blu-ray of that. You know, and uh, she watched that. And she was okay, but we watched uh, a couple weekends ago. We watched the witches. Which, oh yeah, which I've never seen. It's a pretty fucking terrifying movie for a it. kid, dude. Some of the makeup effects in that are pretty freaking creepy. Yeah, and she got. And I remember her saying a few times, like, "That's creepy. That's creepy." And yep. it's just like, okay, that is creepy. But if that's really creeping me out, it's like you're probably not ready for me to throw critters on quite yet no. for you. Or, no. You know, because I'm always trying to think of stuff and be like, what would be okay to, for her to watch where she's not going to yeah, be like, that, like traumatized? Entry-level horror. Entry, gremlins or, you know, stuff yeah. like that, you know. I've got a stack for when Oliver's old enough. I, you know, gremlins will definitely be a part of that. The gate, um, you know, uh, just stuff like that. Just, you know, I, I can't wait to, like, that's what I can't wait to do. What my dad did for me for my son, like I'm, I'm very excited to do that. I know, it's, and I think every kid's different too. Though you kind of have to gauge the kid and be like, yeah, okay, is he gonna be okay? To, and you know what's weird? <laughs> the violence part of it isn't even such a big deal for a lot of it because you can kind of explain that's makeup effects. And yeah, stuff. but 
let's face it, a lot of the horror we watch is a lot of nudity and sex and stuff. Yep. That's not really what I want to be showing those, to Those Italian movies, dude. Uh, especially the Italian movies. Yeah, there's some weird We're stuff. We're going to watch Gates of Hell tonight, kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, let's watch the drill go through the guy's head. Yeah. Which still is like one of the... Watch that woman vomit up her oh, organ intestines. Oh, like it's <laughs> raining maggots. Yeah. But that scene, dude, where he gets where he gets the drill through the head, that is oh, one yeah. of the. That's one of those effects to me that I'm always like, how the fuck did they do that and make that look like that? Because it looks so fucking realistic. It's like, dude, like that. It's like, did they really kill that fucking dude? What the fuck? It's it's the same with the eye scene in Zombie when she gets pulled yeah. into the fucking splinter wood like that going into the eyeball and it's just like some of that stuff man some of those italian movies are so They're fucking gross i remember the first time i watched anthropophagus have you ever seen that? seen that no. um that was i can't remember the dude's name who directed it but there's one scene in it there where the the monster he tracks this pregnant woman down in like a crypt and kills her and then eats her fucking fetus it's like he like pulls it out and eats i was just like is this really gonna happen and this was like early 80s like it was just like <laughs> it's the same dude that did um that did um i always pronounce it wrong but we omega um uh, beyond the darkness um but yeah it's just but like anthropophagus was pretty gnarly but any of that fulci stuff is just like he was definitely pushing like with with the beyond like the the All face the melting the, the and like the scene in the friggin ugh. yeah yeah the uh, and dicky don't forget dicky yeah i know <laughs> <laughs> that scene jumped the ever loving shit out of me the first time i watched that yep. like that just dicky dicky die you know <laughs> The two scenes out of, like, Italian films, the two scenes that got me, like, jumped the shit out of me was that and the friggin' little puppet thing in Deep Red. Oh, my God, yeah, flying across the carpet, dude. I was like, what the fuck? That, yeah, that just yeah. creeped the ever loving. Like, I'm at the point now, I've seen so much shit. I'm sure, like you, there's not a lot that really, like, well, freak you out, out. Yeah, yeah. Out. yeah. Well, when it happens now, it's like ten times worse because it's like I, I thought I'd seen everything, and that just jumped the ever loving shit out of me. You know? I tell you what, I did not expect for this show to freak me out, but the last thing to really like creep me out was watching Haunting a Hill House. There are some fucking scenes in that show that are so creepy, and like Mike Flanagan, who's awesome director, he, he did Oculus, Hush. Um, he he did Doctor Sleep. Yeah, which um, is fucking. Oh my god, amazing. dude! Incredible. Like it. I, For a movie that's three hours, I was like, it's over. I know. I I wanted more, dude. <laughs> I haven't watched was, the director's cut yet. Oh, so it's I'm, great. I'm it's great. The yeah. Guy, yeah. Um, but he in the show, there's like all these hidden ghosts, and then you notice them, and you're just like, ah! Like <laughs> it's just like no. <laughs> he's he's a guy that gets. He he makes shit creepy, but it's not like jump scares. It's just. So, it's, it's eerie movie. like yeah, it's eerie yeah, as fuck yeah. and with dr sleep i was worried because like the book is not it's not a scary book really. but that scene with the baseball kid was so fucked up i did I not like, think well like you were saying when they i'm like they're not gonna cut away from this whoa no like, yeah fucking doing that? yeah like, it was dude. it was brutal dude and that and the scene with the fucking kid in the crack house 
Oh my it's god! Up, dude. Those like I was surprised they put those scenes yep. in there and showed as much as they did because I love the book. The oh, book the book's great. great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think, man. Like the last, I don't know what the last movie was that like legit fucking made me like really fucking uncomfortable and like freaked me out. Uh, yeah, there, there's there's. there's a, the last few. thing I can really remember off the top of my head was the movie The Eye, the the actual. Oh yeah, yeah. The, I can't yeah. remember. Was it uh, Chinese, Japanese? Korean? It was ja- I think it was Japanese, or maybe Korean. I don't maybe know. Korean, yeah. but there's there's a scene in the hospital in the and it wasn't even what was on the screen. It was the fucking surround because the noise starts from one side and it's just like, uh, yeah. and it comes right around, dude. Like, made the hair on my arm yeah. stand up, and I had to go outside and stand outside because it was like, <laughs> I was like, I had to pause it. My cousin was watching it with me. We posted up and we're like, what the fuck, dude? That was like, dude, that was unsettling. For me, know? the last one to really get me was Hereditary. I don't know if you have you watched Watching Hereditary? it this year. I still haven't, and I haven't watched Midsummer Samar yet because yeah. I've been waiting to watch I... Hereditary love hereditary i think hereditary is one of the best modern horror movies i did not really like midsummer because it's just it's like a modern wicker man yeah and that but hereditary has one scene in it and you i know when you see it you're gonna be like fuck that but there's one scene it was when we lived here in milo and i was watching it with beth and i literally was just like i when you notice it you're just like fuck that like it's just like so like it, it's just like no no and, and like and the same thing happened with do you ever watch it follows nope that's another one i still haven't seen i've got it on my show. oh my god there's one scene ethan and i i watched it with ethan for the first time i bought it when i was working at bull moose when it came out and we were watching it and there's just this one scene. so like the premise of the movie is there's this curse and this creature through sex, through sex. it's like a like a cursed std and it'll chase you down this creature will chase you down and there's just this one scene that we both were just like nope nope <laughs> like it's just no but. no sir no 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 yeah see it's been a really weird like the last like i said i got back into collecting there and i didn't watch a lot of movies from like two 2010 to about 2014 2015 is when i kind of really started getting back into into movies again like there was a period where all i watched was just shit i'd seen before yeah no you know and then since i've restarted collecting i'm rediscovering a lot of stuff you know because of all the arrow stuff and yep i'm rediscovering and the streaming services yeah there's so much stuff i've never seen from like the 70s and 80s crazy so I've been more on a tear of that. So I just like I I've missed a lot of the newer shit that's coming out. Yeah, no, there's there's such an influx of like like stuff that's come out that it's it's hard to keep up because you want to watch all those classic movies that you missed, but then you got all this new cool stuff always, that's coming out. I'm always like I feel like I've always been for the most part like a year or two behind oh, when it point. comes you know when it comes to like new releases. Yeah. Like, everybody will be talking, if you see, no, haven't watched it yet, but hey, I just watched uh, The Howling for the 45th time. Yep. You know, it's like, that's just me, and it's just, you know, how it is, or I'll, I'm re-watching all the Stephen King movies, and, yep. you know, it's, uh, you go through that, so, then all of a sudden, I'll be like, dude, how come nobody fucking told me about this, dude, we've been telling you for like three years to watch that. <laughs> 
It's like, you know, or it just takes me forever to get to stuff. And it's just, yeah, no, it's, I'm the same Dan way. Dan bugging me about Green Room. I still haven't watched Green Room. Green Room's great, dude. It Green is, Room like, is I great. Have, I own a co- digital copy that of it. Is, I that is it. a fucking grade A thriller, man. And I know you'll love it. You will love it when you finally watch it. You're going to be like, why did I not watch this movie sooner? Like, it's just... I feel, I, like, I feel like I'm going to feel bad for watching Patrick Stewart be an asshole. Yeah, he's pretty. He's a pretty big asshole. And I don't. I, like, I don't know if I can watch <laughs> Captain Picard be an asshole. I'm like, he's hey, not just an asshole. He's a racist asshole. And a, like, right, and a racist asshole. But, yeah, yeah. But I mean, it's it's pretty like white knuckle the whole time, and it it starts out and just goes like full bore, and it's and it's it's brutal, and it's just really well done. Like um, that dude did. Did another movie called Blue Ruin, which was fucking cool too. All of his movies seem to have colors in the title, don't they? Yeah, yeah. Didn't he just have something else just come out? I think so. That also had like a fucking color in the title. I can't remember. He was on the movie crypt with, uh, I think he was on the movie crypt with Joe Lynch and Adam Green, and he was talking about something and i swear to god his new movie he had something coming i wouldn't up. doubt it, it dude had, like a color in the t- and i never really thought of that because i was like dude he's got like colors in all of his titles you know that's that's his thing man See, i i still haven't seen um mandy yet that's one that i'm watching this year dude, a lot that's color a- out of space is fucking awesome i dude dude i i loved that, that movie, movie is. The, and both those movies are so divisive you, I, everyone i know either fucking loves them or absolutely hate some. I loved Mandy. Mandy was just a straight up good revenge thriller. Psychological like, fucking. But it's like it's like if you dropped acid and. That's what everybody like, said. It's, it's like, so fucked. But like, Color Out of Space was, dude, just unhinged Nicolas Cage and like. Everybody. Like, and it's weird because you hear people will be like, "Oh, he was he was too rage cage." I'm like, dude, I thought he was the perfect amount of rage cage in that. Dude, yeah, no, he was, he was hilarious. Unhinged, he was but reeled in but just enough that it wasn't too crazy. He's completely crazy in Mandy, and it's and it's perfect. Mandy is... Do you gotta watch Mandy. If you... if I think you... Oh, I should, will. I plan on watching it. It's on Shudder. That's one of my... You should bump that, that up. That's you, one of my two watch yeah. this month. If you love Color Out of Space, you will... Fucking love Color You will Space, love Mandy. Yeah. You will like Mandy more. You uh, will like Mandy more. Now, yeah. I know uh, another movie that I haven't heard a lot of fucking people talk about. Have you watched Underwater yet? I loved it. Fucking it's literally, it. it's just Alien. I thought I was going to fucking hate <laughs> yeah, that movie because I don't like Kristen Stewart. Yeah. I, I just don't like her. I've never thought she was a good actress. I just, I don't know what it is. I just yeah. never, she's one of those people I just don't like her. And I thought she was fucking great. She was great. TJ Miller wasn't fucking annoying. Which no, was great. Was, like, <laughs> I usually about, don't like TJ Miller. He was real yeah, yeah, he was yeah. Just the right amount. Of but me. yeah, I loved it, and that's another case of a movie just literally starting and fucking going till the end, and then the, that. I love co- it when they don't try to over-explain Dude. everything. No, yeah, and it's like finally we get an, uh, like a fucking sick like like Lovecraft movie because that's what it was oh, pretty yeah. much at the end. You have you have your fucking Cthulhu. And that like, dude, it, yeah, it was so cool good, as hell. Dude. So like, it was I I liked it. And even, it sets itself up for a sequel. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> and I a lot of people were just like, oh, it's just an alien ripoff. It's like, yeah, a lot of movies now are just kind of. I like, feel like that's the perfect movie to throw in with like the abyss and deep stuff. Oh my god, yeah, and yeah. Leviathan. 
and friggin' like you could have a marathon of those four movies and they mm-hmm. wouldn't feel disjointed. Like it nope. would feel like they're all kind of in that similar universe type feel to yeah. it, you know? Yeah, that was a fun one, man. I and that was just a random one where I was like, I don't know if I really want to watch it, but we rented it and It's the same with me. I rented it and then I immediately went because they had it for sale on Redbox. Yep. So I went back and bought it for like four bucks. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, uh, freaking high tension, man. Shit, that movie's insane. Like, uh, dude, like Dan and Dan and I had talked about this on the last show. Dude, I dig the remake of Hills Have Eyes better. Dude, it's so brutal. Yeah, it's so brutal. Both of them are brutal as fuck. I have that that double little box set of them. Yeah, and I love the. I saw both of them in the theater, and they were just like the the first remake is just so fucking brutal i'm coming around on this remake of piranha that was i've i've always kind of been like yeah yeah i fucking love the original so much i think well yeah yeah, a little bit of that like fuck you leave that one alone that it doesn't i like that it doesn't take itself seriously at all though no and that's kind of maybe what what threw me off at first but it's one of those ones i go back to like every three or four years it's like i won't watch it and be like i fucking hated that but i own it of course, so, you know, it's like, yeah. then I'll throw it in and be like, well, that wasn't quite as bad as I remember. There's a lot of movies I have that are like that, but, <laughs> but yeah, no, I, Crawl was, Crawl was a lot of fun, and you, you know, I'm always up for a killer alligator movie, dude. Always. I there's uh, one on Shudder that I, I plan on watching called The Pool. Oh, yeah, that's, that's, is that like a Korean one? Or yeah, it's you know, a crocodile on the pool. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, I don't care, sounds like that. Mm-hmm. That's right up my fucking alley, that's right up my alley. Yeah. Um, there was, uh, what was, what was another one that I watched recently that I just was like, was one of those, um, do you ever watch Blackwater? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a, a cool one. one. Yeah. 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 They, yeah. they have a new one that just came out called Blackwater Abyss and it's yeah. literally like the descent, but with alligators. <laughs> like it's... I, um, um, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Jesus, I forgot what I was going to say, but yeah. Uh, oh, another one that I really need to go back and rewatch that I loved and I've only seen it one time the first time I saw it and I bought it right after it was Bone Tomahawk. Oh my God, dude. Yeah. That, that's a good, that's such a weird, that, that movie is such a weird dichotomy because you've got the, the first half is just straight up Western. Yeah. And then the last, I mean, not even the first half, the first two thirds is just a fucking straight up Western. And then it just goes right off dude, the fucking rails. That, that last, that part. one scene at the end. That was probably the last scene that really fucked me up. It was so that, gross. Oh, that was. <laughs> yeah. Now, now that, that's coming back to my head. I remember being like, "That skeeved me out." Like that's. I was like, "That's fucked up." I don't yeah. like that. <laughs> His other movies too are great. Uh, Drag Cross Concrete Cell and yeah, Brawl and Cell Block Ninety Nine were were excellent. And um, I haven't seen either one of those. But like good. I said, I'm yeah. so far behind yeah. on shit that... But Bone Tomahawk, yeah, I got that uh, when it had come out. And we, that was when Beth and I first started dating. And we watched it, it together. The, I bought it out of the Walmart bin for like four bucks. Yeah, it was cheap as hell, yeah. yeah. I found it. Uh, we ended up getting it off uh, Hamilton Books for like five bucks. I, got the, I had the DVD. That's what I bought first. And then I got the Blu-ray. But um, I remember loving it. It was 
not what I expected at all, which was cool. No, yeah, same here. It was like, it was a little slow, but once it got going, man, it was... Uh, oh, yeah, didn't let it up. It was up. good, dude, but hey, you know what? Uh, we're running over two hours here, which is... No, no. <laughs> which is great, man. It's been a while since I've had a two-hour plus, you know, My podcast. My bad, dude. But no, no, dude, don't apologize. It was fun. This is what happens. It was good conversation. And believe me, like, I often say, we probably could sit here for fucking three more hours and talk, yep. and it would just, it is what it is. So... Now that Justin's been on the show, maybe he'll come back again so Definitely. we can talk about some more shit. And Definitely. Dude, again, really appreciate you coming on. Don't uh, any time, man. Where can people find Holy Filth on the interwebs? You can find us. Uh, we have a Bandcamp. That's just go to Bandcamp and type in Holy Filth. Go and buy it. Go buy all the albums. We have. We might still have CDs of Enter the Realm of Eternal Dark Referee, which is the first record. We have not done a physical release of the newest one. Um, I keep forgetting what the fuck is the name of the newest one. Uh, the newest one is um, Def- to- Defenders of the Realm. Defenders of the Realm, dude. <laughs> it's one of those ones like I listen to it quite frequently. I just never look at the title of the fucking album. It's like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, but we so we got that. We've got uh, the whole nine yards Facebook and and Instagram. Don't expect us to be active on them because we suck at updating that shit. <laughs> Dude, I, I, I honest to God, man, I hate fucking being on social media. Yeah. I do it, I do it as a necessary evil most of the time. But, Same. Uh, so, yeah. So, make sure you go check those guys out. Um, please follow my band in the Kingdom of Nightmares. Bandcamp.com. We're on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Google. Pretty much anywhere on the planet that you can find music, you can get our new album, Requiem. Uh, again, make sure you follow Holy Filth and buy a bunch of their shit because they're awesome. And we're yeah, o- we're okay. Yeah, they're <laughs> like legit, and I'm not saying this just because you're in the same room as me. You guys are like hands down one of my favorite bands ever from Maine. So well, thank you. I put you right up there with like Novus and Red Cloud as like my favorites, you know. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, um, that's that, and I'm gonna think I'm gonna play the title track off Defenders of the Realm as the closing track for the podcast. Um, if you listen to this before the Dan episode, make sure you listen to the Dan episode because I'm dropping them the same day. Yes, <laughs> I'll be listening to the Dan episode. So you're going to have like five hours worth of average Joe's driving to make yeah. up for, you know, the lack of episodes. This month. <laughs> and then subsequently probably one every week for the month of October. November, we'll, I've got a guest lined up for November. Um and I should have my regular co-host. Uh, Eric has had a lot going on. He was going to be my... For those of you who don't miss the last episode with Dan, I am doing a, a guest co-host every other month. Dan will be doing even months. And Eric will be doing odd months with me where they'll come on, so I'm going to have a regular... That's cool. And then I'm going to just have a, a guest on every month. So you're going to get two episodes because I just don't have fucking time to do four episodes a month anymore. <laughs> um, so yeah, so November you're going to get, uh, hopefully Eric will be around. We'll have uh, Christopher Brown from Stillborn Condition will be on. Uh, we'll see about December. December may, you know, December is a busy month. I'm going to try to get at least Dan on that month. Probably no regular guest, but we'll see. Anyway, yeah. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to Average Joe's Drive-In. I'm TJ Washburn, and I will see you sexy animals on the flip side. (laughs)